This episode is brought to you by Molecule. For $75 off your first order, visit Molecule.com and enter promo code GOT at checkout. That's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com and promo code GOT. Welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we are here. It's been, uh, I don't know, it's been a couple weeks since we did the trailer one. But man, Game of Thrones hasn't been on the air for like a year and a half. Uh, we're one week away from the premiere, less than a week. And I'm super excited. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of mostly predictions. Kind of catch everybody up this week on where everybody's at in the world of Game of Thrones. Uh, where on the continent of Westeros or... I don't know. Some people are on Essos, yeah. I think and, Mel, Melisandre's probably out there somewhere. And, and I'm Aaron. <laughs> oh, you didn't rust, say you're rusty Aaron? as fuck. Did I? I, I thought I, you already said it. No, but I don't think I, I don't may think have blown past it. Uh, uh, yeah, if if you're new to this show, uh, I'm Jim. That's Aaron. Uh, we're gonna be talking a lot about our predictions for season eight, the final season of Game of Thrones. Uh, Aaron, where are we starting today? Uh, so there's a couple places. Well, I, I think that what I'd like to do is talk about kind of like the meta conversation around the season, um, kind of like okay. what the stakes are, kind of like our hopes, um, thoughts on like some things we know about it, like the extended nature of the episodes, um, things that pu- Gurm has publicly stated about what he intends to end the Game of Thrones to be. Um, and then we can talk like, you know, we're going to do like a, like a death pool slash prediction slash rundown of where everybody's at, uh, all the principal characters of Game of Thrones. And we'll consider some feedback. Does that sound like a good time? That sounds awesome. Uh, okay. So this is the close of the biggest television series, I think in history, um, by virtue of its international, uh, stature and standing. Um, okay. Yeah. I saw at the end of last season something like a hundred million people a week estimated watch this show through some you know by a hook or crook, uh, literally by <laughs> subscribing to HBO or or, or, or pirating online. Um, and I don't think that I that's I don't think that's really precedent. If you have to go to like live sporting events like the World Cup or mm. or the, uh, uh, the the Super Bowl to get to get numbers bigger than that. Um, so there are a lot of stakes riding on it, obviously. Um, first and foremost, I think, uh, HBO slash bald move. Uh, we both have a vested interest in this, uh, season turning out well, right? <laughs> of course. Like yeah. if we don't like it, we're not going to bullshit you and tell you we do, but like, I, we really, really hope it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, we both, uh, presumably, you know, game of Thrones has been very good for us. It's it's by far our largest show. Just like HBO can say the same thing, they are going to that they're they're they've already green green lit one prequel that takes place thousands of years before the time frame of of Game of Thrones. Uh, Started casting it. Uh, They got showrunners attached to it. That's going to be happening probably next year. If this thing doesn't land in a satisfying way and people uh, walk away feeling full, let's say of Game of Thrones, that's bad for HBO. Probably bad for Bald Move. Uh, what are your thoughts on on that? 
Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Uh, I want to see this show succeed. I was a little bit scared last season with a couple of small missteps. You know, I rewatched the the final season coming into this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, or the final season, last season, uh, and those things still stood out to me as yes. kind of shitty. Uh, it, it's not even like a mul- it, it felt it felt like there's two wrong steps that they yeah. took and there was then, some weird stuff with aria right uh, and there was some weird stuff with going to the wall uh, right to, to north of the wall yeah with dragons uh but other than that like i've found myself riveted by last season so yeah. if they can avoid a couple of small missteps this season which is is both hard and i think also easy because we have a couple of big battles probably that are coming up uh yeah which take up a lot of time sure. and look really cool and get mm-hmm. people excited me included mm-hmm. uh so that makes it pretty easy to land those episodes but what they really have to do is tie the story up in a nice bow right uh as much as you want game of thrones to end in a, a big fancy bow uh and that's tough so I, i'm a little bit worried but i'm also super excited i'm going to share with you my hopes for a dream of satisfactory ending okay uh I think that well. So, what's your idea? And I might put, be putting you on your spot, but what's what's your idea of your like the 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 least workable season of Game of Thrones that we've had thus far? Uh was it was it six? I, whatever okay. the the heavy Sand Snake one. Yes, was, yes. was so it five season or six? five? It's season okay. five. I thought. So. And I think that one of the reasons that was a problem is because the double D's, uh, Dan and David, had all of their characters. Uh, tither and yon on errands that george martin had sent them on that they were not privy to the exact resolution of these these plot lines Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of oh shit we don't really know what we're doing we're kind of doing a tap dance here we're trying we need to hammer this story back into a shape that we can tell solo i feel like and then season six i think was a kind of a comeback not the season five was terrible Mm -hmm. but season six you know had uh it felt like a lot more smooth ride going for it um not that there i i gotta say that like every probably season past three or definitely four has some problems to it Mm -hmm. but like i felt like six held together i feel like maybe seven is the same thing where they really just are down to the bullet points of what george was wanting to do and they had these guys similarly, like Danny's still over in Essos and John's do, dead, dead at the wall. And all this stuff had to come together and be shifted uh, in a way that probably doesn't hold together under strict stru- scrutiny. But now everyone, everyone's where they need to be. You know, Cersei's down in the throne and she's essentially the only one. Uh, you know, Euron's over in Essos uh, fetching an army. Kyburn's doing Kyburn things. Everyone else is at Winterfell or headed there. And then you got the Night King that's at the wall and, and, and moving moving south. So it's like, I feel like now all they got to do is the big battles and the crowd-pleasing scenes and the inspiring... There's a lot of that, yeah. The inspiring sacrifices and deaths. It's like, I, I, I don't see any, any more like plot-based... Uh, potholes that seem like looming ahead like like oh wow how are they going to get this or the this person's a vital part of the plot how you know like yeah there's maybe one big yeah. one that i still see um which is kind of like the the triad of like danny john and sansa and like mm-hmm. it, it kind of all revolves around who's going to rule how how the ruling is even going to work in this world that danny's building like th- there's some weird stuff in there that I'm right. like curious how they're going to resolve all the character beats, but, but you, also but you don't have... have to introduce new characters or no, get no, them no, to right. a different continent. No, or... it's much easier than yeah. you know the, the world building that has been done in the past so yeah. well. 
It's this is like because this is also we're in the opposite of world building. We're world destroying. We're bulldozing worlds. Uh, we're going to be killing yeah. lots and lots of people, decimating lots and lots of uh, uh, locations. Um, and I feel like uh, you know the double D's are pretty good at Hulk smash type of stuff. <laughs> Uh, moving on, unless you have other things to say, I was going to no. move on to the stakes of one George R. R. Martin. Uh, boy, there. So George looks bad in every scenario, unless Game of Thrones is like nails it to a T. Everyone says that this is great. It's a, a fitting ending. I feel like all eight seasons were worth it. And the double D's are, are, are giving credit to George Martin for the conclusion in publicity, right? <laughs> Everything. I, th- I think he looks bad in any scenario well, at this point. Okay, uh, I'm saying uh, best case though. Best case, maybe he can salvage something by this show ending really well on his bullet points, and then re- finishing those fucking books, right. And having it end just as well, if not better, than the show, right? Like like a That's richer, the only way to salvage it. A richer, less clunky, less rushed through, um, everything elegantly fitting together type yeah. of. Um, but then he actually had, like you said, like the end state of this season if it's good and if it's great and if people are like you know doing the right genuflections to martin's throne then i think he comes off like he he's not hurt by this process if this thing is like meh or worse or like i don't know i don't know what to make of like some of the kind of like rumors you've heard of maybe strained tensions between like hbo and martin and the showrunners and whatnot and and but like if there's like kind of shade being thrown in those kind of circumstances man uh i mean there's going to be diehards are going to be waiting to see his version of the book but there's going to be a lot of people who i mean i've 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 heard from several people who are waiting to read the whole series for the conclusion of this show presumably if the conclusion of this show is bad interest of the the two follow-up books is going to dry up which mm-hmm. you know um i don't know i mean <laughs> like like it's so weird that martin like he's like schrodinger's author he is still possible to open up the box and people re- re- revere him as the greatest fantasy author since jrr um or you could open that box and he's uh you know never finishes a series and he's remembered as the great what if uh what what yeah. if he had focused up what if he had stopped gardening and started pruning um yes but that's, it, that's the biggest thing yeah I, I see, it seems like he's like the his reputation might have stand to take the biggest hit on this but i don't know he probably hates all this conversation and if i was in his shoes i'd hate it too but on the other hand you gotta at least george understand why this is happening right oh yeah i mean like you're not our it's, bitch it's i your get own it damn fault it's right it's, yeah, A, you're not a bitch. B, but we have, like, you can ignore all the criticism if right. you want to. That's fine. But right. you have to understand that it's going to happen yeah. with the scenario that you've set up, Yeah, which is you're writing books. You're writing a shitload of books. You're editing books. You're co-authoring books. You're doing all kinds of writing projects, just not the ones that 100 million people want you to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, no. and so, you know, you're making your choices, and I respect that, but yeah. also... Those choices are pissing people off. And we're, I think, free to uh, make comments on it as fans. That's kind of our right, too. And as somebody who hasn't read the books and isn't going to read the books, even Mm -hmm. if this ends up being the best series of all times, which it has a shot to, uh, that's already tarnished. Like He's already lost everything that he could possibly hope to gain back from me um, as far as goodwill goes because the man he's who will never read your series. He's, he's basically trying to sabotage uh, the, the, one of my favorite shows like 
Why do you say he's trying to sabotage it? Because he he signed on to write oh, this okay, fucking okay, show okay. and and not to hand over a loose outline of bullet points. Okay. He, he signed on to fucking see this thing through the yeah, end. Because sabotage, uh, sabotage is he gave him the wrong bullet points as a joke. <laughs> I mean, he might have. Like, we don't know. Like, the like, problem is we don't know. Like, he might have. Like, like he's sitting there on his word word star and he's like, okay, uh, Jon Snow ventures north of the wall to get an ice zombie to show it to Cersei. Like That he, might have been the problem. <laughs> Um. All right. So, Jor, like, uh, if 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 this show goes goes gangbusters, I think everybody's going to be fine. But I do. That that's he's the one guy where if everything succeeds this season, there will still be the hot takes of Wither the Martin, uh, and all this. So that will be fun or not fun, depending on your your sympathies to the germ. Uh, let's talk about the cast. I was watching this weekend. Uh, Kit Harrington uh, do a pretty good job on Saturday Night Live and be really, uh, really funny and uh, just just laying it all out there. Uh, at one point, he was in high heels uh, and, uh, and and pasties. Uh, I, all right. <laughs> but like the sense in, 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 in kind of some things he said during the monologue and all that stuff is a joke and all this stuff is kind of showmanship. But a lot of the themes of the especially these people that have been there since the beginning and, and a lot of like you think about Maisie Williams uh, who have grown literally grown up on the show. There's this sense of like, man, we can't wait to see what happens next in our own careers. Um, I don't know that the, the cast, I feel like they're the ones that are the safest in all this. Because nobody is going to say that the body of work that these people did in total, especially when you talk about the kids, especially when you talk about the relative unknowns that were cast uh, and who have just fully embodied effortlessly this work. Like, I don't think there's any there's any way that if this thing turns into a mild dumpster fire that any of the actors or actresses get caught up in it. No, for sure. I mean, they've done everything they can. Yeah. Uh, One of my complaints about the series would most certainly not be the acting. Right. I mean, even like I, I can't even imagine like a level of phoning in they'd have to do in a final season. And by all accounts, it's it's not. They this last season very hard to shoot and it's very grueling and there's a lot of action, which is tedious to do. So, like, I, it seems like they really they're really doing their part to, to, to bring it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that uh, in fact, I think that it's going to be really interesting to see all of these people go and, and populate the projects kind of like um, it's interesting if you go watch like a Harry Potter and you see like, Oh, it's a who's who of like, this is like the next generation of British um, and Scottish and Irish and, and, and other European actors. This is like their, that th- 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 this is going to be a huge injection of talent in Hollywood is what I'm saying. Once they get out from under these contracts. Yeah. And the biggest people are in this show have already done it. Right. Um, right. Like you look at dark Phoenix that's yeah. coming up. That's got, uh, you, you know, she's, uh, Sansa's all over X Men. Right. Um, Maisie Williams has done some stuff. She did some but... X Men ish adjacent things. Misfits, I think. Yeah, and there was some some Netflix stuff she did. She's done. I think she did a, like a Doctor Who appearance. She's she's done. But but you know. Uh... But Rob's been been out there doing yep. shit. Not all of it is hit, but uh, apparently you know he's getting a lot of work. John's now doing doing his work uh right amelia clark's been doing a lot of stuff here again none of it really like i don't think has been like a huge breakout hit but where's where's uh, my davos where's my davos in other davos at i don't know yeah that's what i want so i think the cast is going to be fine it's going to be exciting to see what they what you know as as they go out and do other projects and i mean the rest of our lives we're going to be seeing these people pop up here there and elsewhere uh and then finally i kind of we've already covered this but the prequels um 
that's the I think these this is the one that has the most to lose from it. Like if this sh- if this is a, a bang up job and everybody's like, hot damn, I can't wait to revisit this world, then interest in the prequel is going to go through the roof. And they'll probably you'll yeah. probably hear between this one and between the end of this season and beginning of the prequel season. Uh, you'll probably hear them greenlit one, if not two more, because the new HBO guy is crazy about content. <laughs> he is. He wants to release not just on Sunday, but Monday nights. Every seven oh, days. shit. Every day for the faith of the seven. Uh, <laughs> Sunday's for the father. Monday's for the mother. Yeah, it's going to be that kind of thing. Uh, and there's yeah, also... I don't know if that's... Is that sustainable? You think the... the like having two, three spinoffs at a time is going to be sustainable. You know, if you'd asked me if 10 years ago, if Marvel could pump out 22 movies and, uh, an interest in Marvel in remains decade. an all time high and like in game looks like it's going to be the biggest movie ever. I'd have said, yeah, right. Uh-huh. So like, yeah, every once in a while you get these pockets of almost unlimited, uh, pop culture interest, like zombies had like a decade long run. Some say they're still on it. Like, like where the Americans start to flag, the Koreans take up and like, have you seen Kingdom? Um, I, so, yes, I could see it. I could see it. But they have to like like Marvel has like out of those 22 films, 18 are good to excellent. Mm-hmm. Two of them are kind of like, eh, but, you know, not terrible. And there's one or two that are like kind of cover your eyes bad or boring or whatever. But like you have to have that kind of batting record to keep people's interest um, and, and involved that much. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if HBO's got it. I mean, it's weird too. Like you, you, when you talk about the MCU, it's like all kind of tied in together. This is, but the universe that they're building is, I feel, so much broader and it spans so much more time. And like, oh sure, it, it's just a bigger thing. So like, are people going to be in for like a children, uh, the forest prequel, and also a Targaryen prequel, and right. also like, do they care as much about every element of the story? Uh, as somebody might care about each of the characters in in a Marvel uh, cinematic universe, and I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because like you're right, the the MCU is interconnected in a way that like you know it's going to be connected and it's in the same planet. But like you're talking about the age of heroes, things that yeah, happened four or five thousand yeah. plus years ago. You're not going to turn the corner in the the <laughs> ch- children of the forest domain and there's Jon Snow with no. ghost. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> it can't. Um so although you might get a a couple of uh a couple of uh three-eyed ravens in there i don't well, know well the other thing is like they you know if you go back the further back in time of game of thrones you get the more wild fantasy it gets and i think that's going to be an interesting hurdle for them to uh to jump because it seems like game of thrones got 100 million people watching it because it's not your average dragon and sword flick in fact uh, it certainly got me that way. You don't even see dragons until the very last shot, the very last shots of the very of the of the very first season. Like you're you're ten hours in before they they whop you with the dragons coming out. So I, I feel like that the people really got pulled into the deep political intrigue and and all the character interaction and and just the, the interesting human drama. Uh, and then they just layered the magic and stuff on on top of it. Uh, is it going to be a tougher sale when you literally are back to the Snarks and Grumpkin days? It could be, yeah. I think I think that's why like the Targaryen stuff maybe interests me more mm-hmm. because there could be a lot more politics involved. Oh, there's a I've as reading Fire and Blood Volume One. There's a shit ton of politics, yeah, uh, to mine in the Targaryen family tree for sure. 
Um, what about our thoughts on the extended episodes? Yesterday we went through and we can see the running time for all six episodes. And the first two are modest 50-ish minute affairs. Pretty standard, yeah. Then you get the 130, the 120s, the 127s, like all the last four uh, episodes. So the last four episodes are approximately the total runtime of about six and a half episodes of your standard Game of Thrones fair. Um, yeah, those are going to be... That's a lot. B- big. Um, we know Miguel Sapochnik is directing a couple of these. Yep. Uh, we expect that there will be a battle Battle of Winterfell at right. some point, as we've seen in the trailers. Right. Uh, that stuff requires, like I said, time. Uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited that the last four are super long. Mm-hmm. I think they need that time. It's like a six-episode season is pretty damn short. Right. So to fill that out with, you know, a couple of half hours at the end of a few episodes for padding uh, to to really narrow down on the end of the story. I'm I'm cool with it. I'm I mean, I think there's almost unlimited positive reasons to be excited for longer episodes. I guess if I was going to try to play devil's advocate, I'd say if there are going to be any pacing issues with this final season, longer episodes will probably exacerbate that. Yeah. Is that how you say that? Exacerbate, yeah. Um, so you'll the double Ds are going to be exacerbating us uh, slowly uh, over stay, the stay away from my exas. Uh, I, that that's the only thing I can think of. Like um, I, I think about like if one there's you got one ninety minute episode battle and then you have another one the next week. Like will that be like be eating too much chocolate fudge? Yeah, uh, they got to separate him. But know? but I, I don't really believe that because like honestly, if I thought I'd be more worried if there's going to be like eight episodes, all a fifty minute length, because then I'm like, oh, they really made some curious edits to do like the the, the wildly varying lengths of time is almost like they are drawing lines around concrete points in the story that they want to tell, and they're giving that those beats long like you know enough time to develop and give them this kind of blockbuster epic feel. So mm-hmm. I think that they're all really good editorial reasons for having fewer longer episodes than uh, more conventionally linked episodes. I think it'll lead to better pacing. But if you're wrong, if I'm wrong on that, I think that's going to be the thing that's commented more. Like if if any of these things drag or there's like a five minute scene to kind of lead, people are going to be like people are going to be getting their bitch on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. 
Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Um, okay, also one thing, one kind of clue, the only real clue we've had to go on other than what's on the screen is George gave him an interview in 2015 where he said that he is going for a bittersweet victory, similar in feel to the end of the Lord of the Rings, where the bad guys are defeated, but the heroes are changed, and some of them are not going to be able to continue functioning the way they did before in, in the world they inhabit. There's the bittersweet. You win, world saved, but some of the people you care about have been damaged in ways that they can't repair. They've been killed. Or they've had to been sacrificed. I mean, isn't that just the story of Game of Thrones? Like I look at Sansa. No, she's been fucking damaged. Bitter. I look it's at bitter. Arya. She's it's been bitter. damaged. Like it's been bitter. There's been yeah. very little sweetness. Jamie's missing a fucking hand. Like, like <laughs> the red wedding would have been bittersweet if they'd able to smuggle out John's baby as everyone's dying and there's a hope for the future. Like, no, nah, it's yeah, just fucking yeah. bleak. So, like, um, and that's I guess that's the thing I want to take keep in our back pocket while we go on and have the further discussion of uh, all our favorite characters, what we think is going to happen to them. So we got a ton of stuff to still get to, to, to talk about and episode to come. But I also want to talk about um, the expectations for our coverage for this season, because, you know, obviously we're really excited that there's six weeks to, to cover all this stuff and we want to be as comprehensive as we can. So every Sunday night, as soon as the episode finishes airing, we're going to be recording an instant take podcast. Uh, the the our club members at club.ballmove.com are welcome to join and watch that uh, recorded live. There'll also be an audience feedback segment for club members only, but we'll be releasing the instant take as soon as we're done recording and get it processed uh, uh, for everybody. So that comes out on Sunday night, uh, Tuesday. We're going to be releasing a podcast that's our main coverage that we traditionally do. That's our deep dive into the episode itself, uh, all the feedback, etc. And then Friday, as we've done in weeks before and in, in seasons past, we're going to have the spoiler section where we can talk about very little bits of gleanings that we can we can look at the weird prophecies and and uh, extra information from the books and some of the satellite materials and people can go wild on theorizing and stuff. That'll be on Friday. Uh, then during uh, throughout the six weeks of our Game of Thrones coverage, we're also going to kind of throw a little celebration for fantasy in, in general. We're going to have one of our patented super serious film fests. It's actually not patented. We tried. I, I, they yeah. turned it down. They said it was they said stupid. You can't patent it. You might want to try copyright, though. It, it was just stamped <laughs> stupid. 
And uh, but but it's uh, it's what we do is it's a celebration of fantasy. We're going to be going back and looking at all the different cheesy uh, swords and sandals and dragon based films from the 80s, the 90s and the early aughts. Uh, we're getting our coverage started with uh, Conan the Barbarian starring. I almost said late. Great. <laughs> no, he's not late. No. And he's in and, But he is great. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, long, long may he reign. Uh, we're going to be getting our coverage started with that. If you are a, a club member, we're going to have live watches of it. So Jim and I actually watch the movie and kind of make fun of it and talk about our experience with it. And then we'll also have a deep dive podcast uh, as like our traditional movie podcasts. Uh, so again, we're very excited about Game of Thrones, very excited about fantasy in general. And that's how we're going to be covering it uh, for the, the next six weeks. We also have some housekeeping for Bald Move in general. Uh, this week on Bald Move TV, we're going to be giving first looks at new Netflix originals such as You vs. Wild, Black Summer, which is uh, another attempt to revive the zombie genre. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see how that goes. And uh, the TV series special, uh, Bald Movies. Last week, we checked out Pet Cemetery. To, uh, this week on Friday, or on Thursday, rather, we'll be checking out the, the latest Hellboy installment. Um, or actually, I think it's a reboot. I'm not sure. Hmm. It's got uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things. It looks pretty good. I'm excited. Uh, every Wednesday, Cecily and I are going on twitch.tv slash baldmove and essentially playing through all of the Mario series ever. We've uh, fought our way through the new Mario Brothers Wii U. Uh, we are currently playing Mario, 8, or Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, and I'm not sure we'll be playing this week. Probably more Mario Kart, maybe some other Mario. But it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Will our marriage survive us playing these intense games? Tune in to twitch.tv slash baldmove. Jim, you got some exciting pin-based news. Yeah, so people who've been with us for a while might recall, uh, I think it was season, was it six? Five, I think. Five, it's, holy shit, ago. it's been forever. Where we did uh, a special t-shirt for Game of Thrones called uh, House Snow, and it had the slogan, We Know Nothing on it. Uh, we've taken that slogan and uh, that sort of motif and turned it into a pin, as sort of like a spiritual successor to the shirt, I'd say. Uh, right now, it's available on my girlfriend's website, who did all of the design herself uh, and got these things manufactured. They're, I think, super impressive. Uh, Pin-Y.com. It's P-I-N-Y.com. We're not selling, like, those naked lady pins or anything. Mm. You know, the, the clicky ones that the Hawaiian skirt goes away. To do enamel pins. Or yeah, you put it's it, enamel put it on pins. your backpack. Yeah, and I think they're hard enamel, which is the nicer enamel. They look really nice. You don't want soft enamel, not no. in your mouth. Just, it just leaks out. Not not in yeah. on your clothes, not on your backpacks, not any of those things. Yeah, so if you're interested in that, if you like enamel pins, uh, she's got actually a whole bunch of designs up there right now. But the the one we're focusing on is House Snow, obviously. Uh, so go check that out. Pin Y dot com. Uh, and then finally, and then we'll, I promise we'll get to the content. Uh, I wrote two books. I was so, so bored in the off-season of Game of Thrones and so obsessed that, that I wrote two books with a, a religious scholar about the cultures and, and religions of Westeros. You can get both volumes at godsofthrones.com and also check out really cool artwork that we commissioned. There's like some really neat pieces uh, that Chase Stone made for us, and uh, I, I, I'm pretty proud of it, godsofthrones.com. All right, let's talk about Game of Thrones. Okay, here is our review of where people are at and our death pool and our predictions for these characters. And we've kind of grouped them in what we think are logical categories. First up, uh, John and Daenerys. John. Oh, you mean Aegon? Aegon, Targaryen, sl- oh. Snow, and uh, Daenerys, Stormborn. You mean Targaryen. Sand? Sand, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sam, they all got thrown that, into confusion last. Or, or thanks for that. Thanks for that clarification, Bran. Yeah, 
um, but he's not. He's he's the trueborn uh, heir, the boy that knows everything except for what uh, uh, <laughs> a high septon writes in his private diary. Um, so there's a couple things to talk about here. Where do we leave them? Uh, they were engaging. They were they were they were doing some boat sex and the slow boat from King's Landing to to Winterfell. Can't take a boat to Winterfell. Presumably, no. they go to White Harbor first, and <laughs> yeah. then they'd, they'd journey inland from there, and they'd take the sex wagon uh, before <laughs> taking residence in the sex tower. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where we leave them. Uh, Tyrion's looking kind of like dour at this. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, you already mentioned, and, and importantly, they think that Cersei has their back in this fight against the Night King. Yes. But they're fools. If they, of course. If they, yeah. if they, and, and also, Jamie's about to join them, and I'm sure. Uh, he'll yeah. be telling them, uh, do you, okay. Uh, I don't. how much will, how much will he tell them? Uh, I mean, I feel like if Jamie doesn't do full on confessional, like why? Yeah. I mean, the, the, his leaving of King's Landing, uh, which will be, you know, we'll be talking about him in a minute. Like it's very iconic and it's very felt like a, a finality. Like, you know, as the first flakes of snow drop on King's Landing, he goes to where the true threat is and where the true, mm-hmm. the true heroes and the true chance, chance at redemption are, um, there's a lot of talk last season, and there's been kind of um, you know concern for Dan- the state of Danny's womb throughout the series. Mm, yeah. uh, she asserts that it's impossible for her to have pregnant. There's, it's possible. For, it's, it, it's impossible for her to mock a baby. And John uh, says, "You sure about that?" And 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 John says, "Well, who no, told you that?" No, and he also no harm trying. Um, it, it does it feel to you like? It's very it's very possible that we're going to have uh, an heir to the throne. We're gonna have issue from from Aegon Targaryen and and uh, yeah, his I, mean, aunt. I, I mean they made a big deal about Tyrion, you know, questioning like, oh, what are we gonna do after you take like who's gonna succeed you, right? Like mm-hmm. th- they made a deal about that, and she was like, nah, well, we'll discuss that when the war's over or when mm-hmm. I'm on the throne or whatever." Uh, so yeah, the the show is kind of dancing around it, and I think it's also interesting to consider Cersei's pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Let's let's call it a pregnancy for now. I'm not sure. I'm totally on board with that, but maybe it is. Doing the old pregnancy scam. Yeah, yeah. she's certainly not above scamming. Uh, so so yeah, the show is kind of like maybe setting up these these two uh, arcs at the end with children from these two rulers, two potential rulers. Like I don't know. There's some interesting stuff they could do with that. Yeah, I um. Okay, so I guess we can talk about. Eh, I don't, but I, don't, I, I don't think it, this series has enough time for Danny to give birth, though, if she were to become pregnant. Like, but if maybe in the final episode as sort of, you know, a, a hey, look at the future of Westeros, you can flash forward. The, the definition of bittersweet, though, like John dies in the war and leaves behind a pregnant Danny. Sure, and, yeah. you know, uh, there are a lot of definitions on. of bittersweet that sure. that this show could salvage. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. What do you think? I mean, this is the big question everybody wants to know. And these two people are probably the ones that if you're if you're betting uh, and you're wanting to, to win money in Vegas, uh, or maybe this is the safe money, wait, maybe you wouldn't win much money. But odds are that if there's going to be an Iron Throne at the end of all this, one of these two will sit on it. Do you have money either way? Yeah, my money's on Danny. Okay. Uh, and I don't know that it will be an Iron Throne per se, but I think that Danny will end up probably ruling in whatever capacity. Here, I, I'm going to go with really long odds here. Okay. 
And I'm going to say that both of them live. And I think there's there's an interesting scenario that's set up by that. Far more interesting than like, oh, one of them dies and we're all sad about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jon Snow has already pledged himself to Danny mm-hmm. um, as his queen. Mm-hmm. Now that he is actually the rightful heir to the throne, I think that sets up like a really good character moment for Jon mm-hmm. where he kind of fucked them over in last season by refusing to lie right. uh, to Cersei about like who he's loyal to uh, and then to uphold his oath like his father. And I think it's a really nice bookend for this series. If he does the same with Danny, he's like, yeah, I'm the rightful heir to this thing, but I've already pledged myself to you. Mm-hmm. So you're actually going to be the queen and I'm going to kind of be first gentleman. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he would be. The uh, queen consort? The, the prince consort. Yeah. Prince consort. Uh, whatever it is. Do you think there's a podcast? Here's the other thing. Danny still has vast holdings in Essos. That's le- really unfinished business. Like, yeah, what, yeah, the, the fucking cities. Dario sitting on the throne. Cities. That's a fucking disaster. If you if, like, <laughs> uh, that, I, that shit's already, yeah, it's yeah, burned to the ground. I can't wait till she comes back to Essos, like Donald Glover and community. And she's got, and it's just f- everything's in flames. And uh-huh. Dario's got, like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that what would, it would be interesting. I don't think it's going to happen. This is too fucking Pollyanna. But it'd be interesting to have like, like a, a queen in the West and like a king in the East or maybe opposite. You have the king in the East. And and uh, so there's their co-sovereigns. One rules over the the former slave empire that Danny overthrown in West what uh, uh, Essos. And she reestablishes trade with the other free cities and you know shepherds the this 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 uh, these people into uh helps uh, helps lead them into a bright new future and then john stays behind because of his closer connections to westeros maybe mm-hmm. i i don't i i th- again this seems like way too fucking cute to me but it yeah, would yeah. neatly resolve the problem of danny kind of just piecing out on on essos um it's also resolved if she dies i mean <laughs> yeah it, it comes to a firm close then yeah uh and and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I well, think Danny's like, let's, really going to end up on the throne. Let's do a deep dive here because there's yeah. been throughout the last two or three seasons really hints that Danny could go either way, that she has the madness of King Eris and she has, you yeah. know, the greatness of like an original Aegon or a Jaehaerys in her as well. She has like both of these qualities in, in equal measure. And it's kind of like pressures and who her advisors are that's going to kind of like decide whether she turns out to even be uh, a a non-tyrant or not um is there do you so do you see any possibility of like danny and john having to go to war against each other yeah because i don't think anyone wants to see that no i don't think so but that doesn't mean it won't happen i just think that that's going to be a real bummer for the fans if if that's what happens no, I think Danny has good counselors around her. Um, yeah. She doesn't have Alaria whispering in her ear anymore to, you know, be a fucking dragon. Or, or no, that was uh, that was the Queen of Thorns, wasn't it? Oh, Elena. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, okay, so and, and they both generally want the same thing, which I think is important. Right. Do you think that it's possible? So I'm trying to think because, like, you know, one one theory that we were talking about is Danny turns evil. John has to kill their John since Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, another possibility that I've seen getting some traction of late is this theory that there's some connection to John and uh, the the Night King. You know, the, there, there's been long pointed out that there's very similar style of dress to John and the Night King. Night King wears kind of like lo- what looks like an ancient uh, a, 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 a Night's Watch uniform. 
Um, it's he, you know, there's kind of hints um, throughout the series. Like old Nan used to talk about how uh, the, the, the night King could have been a Stark. Um, is it possible that John somehow at the end will be forced to like take the night, like the night King represents some kind of elemental force that the children, that the children have unleashed and that John will have to take the place kind of like the way Orlando Bloom took the place of Davy Crockett <laughs> or Davy Crockett. Yeah. When he put on the coonskin cap, uh, the uh, Davy Jones, uh, in the, the pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> franchise, oh, okay. is there like the John will have to be like, uh, Lord of the Rings, like that, that'll be like some kind of like, uh, cause there's also a lot of hints that there's like, you know, maybe this is an old pact gone wrong or obviously, the first men um, and the children whose war brought about the White Walkers, if you believe the flashback we saw in an earlier season of Game of Thrones, that like uh, obviously the children and first men eventually made peace and then a whole bunch of other shit. Like there's some kind of ancient remnants that uh, of some kind of pact that this is the reason the White Walkers are getting rowdy. And yeah, he's got to bring balance to the force. He's got to bring balance uh, to the force. Kind of exactly. You got me. You got yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's a lot. The interesting thing about that is that there's a lot left for Bran to do, right? I, I don't think Bran's whole purpose in this entire series has been to tell John who he really is. Mm-hmm. I think there's something bigger for him. His 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 power is too great, essentially, mm-hmm. to waste on such a almost worthless reveal at this point. Like, yeah. who cares? Yeah. John's already fighting on the side of good. Like, the only thing that matters to is who's going to sit on the throne mm-hmm. in the end. Uh, so I think Bran has a lot more to do, and that seems like a logical path for him to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, is to kind of be the lore master of this this world and tell John, look, something's got to give here. Yeah. Do you think because because he also has that personal connection to the Night King that they can yeah. see each other in their dreams and uh, the Night King can actually affect Bran physically throughout that. Like, um, and he could potentially go back and see the pack that would have been sure, made. Like, yeah, uh, like he, he's, got... he's the only one who could possibly have, other than maybe Sam, uh, knowledge about this pact if it, yeah. if one exists. Uh. Is there anything else we want to talk about? So, the, oh, the third theory, or I guess uh, I don't know what theory we're on to. On the seventh hand, um, there's something that I've been championing since, like, season three, which is there is not going to be an Iron Throne. Yeah, break the wheel. Break the wheel. And I feel like uh, this used to be ever, this used to not be a popular theory until last year when there's lots of explicit things. Like, Tyrion says, you know, it doesn't have to always be kings and queens. There's the Night Watch who picks their leaders democratically and the Ironborn who picks their... Like, and there's all these other instances. In fact, um, I wrote at great length in my book uh, that you can purchase now at godsofthrones.com. Stealth ad number one. Uh, where I make it the case for the fact that you're not going to flying a second stealth ad later. <laughs> Look for that. Oh, they'll be. Uh, d- d- yeah. <laughs> you, you know, don't take a drink every time they happen. You might you might uh, lose consciousness. <laughs> I think that there I, I really think that I would be shocked at this point if there is a conventional Iron Throne with no I'm not saying it's going to be like a one person, one vote type true rep- like democracy, but like some kind of some kind of nod to that where there is a some sort of election some sort of selection of a, a person who's the executive there's some sort of a house of lords that's not appointed but select i think there's going to be some kind of thing like that i don't know what it's going to look like um but it's i think that's what's going to that's that's what's going to happen because that's the only way you break the rule the the wheel yeah maybe maybe it's up to the people to choose between john and danny in the end mm. it's a popularity <laughs> you know? contest that'll split right. a couple up He's, uh, he's. I mean, that's essentially how John became King of the North, right? Popularity. Right. 
Yeah. Like he did a good job. People really loved him and they elected him King of the North. He didn't sure. really even campaign for Which it. Which is funny because like that's kind of the theme of Game of Thrones, like going back to Varys' riddle about, you know, who has the power, the sellsword, the uh the king, the priest. Uh it's always the people, right? Because if you have a million millions of people versus thousands of knights, like uh i've seen zombie movies that shit that the 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 might is in the horde's hands essentially yeah so i think that like it's always true that the people like it it, you know they might not have a say in it but like it's kind of rule by consent because if things get too sheriff in nottingham too long they rise up you know and then they make life untenable to those like just look at what happened in earlier seasons of game of thrones where the king starts being threatened they you know they they get it got scary for the lannisters there for a while before it got really really scary for them (laughs) um i i think that it's like to me that's the obvious end game uh, the question is just, you know, who's going to be the prime minister? Who's going to be left alive? Who's going to be, you know, is that like on Danny's dying wish is to have Westeros be some sort of meritocracy, democracy? I, I, I That's where I think it's going. Yeah. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we get to the next set of peoples? No, let's bring them on. Uh, Tyrion, Varys, and Jorah. All These right. are kind of like Danny's uh, closest advisors. Um, Tyrion got duped. Duped at the end of last season. He did. Yeah. Kinda. Are you a subscriber to the to the idea that Tyrion is a turncloak and that he has made some secret pact with Cersei? No, that would be. I, I think he just got duped. Uh, yeah. I, I think Cersei's just gotten much better at this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrion hasn't had to play it as of late. Right. Uh, ever since he was on the road to Marine, essentially, yeah. he's been out of the game, and I think Cersei's gotten a lot better at it than he has. Yeah, uh, and I think he's also kind of filled with self doubt because a lot of the advice he gave to Danny, I think, is good long term advice, but short term, uh, there was problems, and they butted heads on like you know whether you should burn people alive or not. Um, and and I think he's like yeah. he's let his judgment, I think, at times be clouded by the fact that this is family. Mm. But I don't think he's in on some secret, you know, uh, pact against Danny. So what's the explanation for Tyrion's pensive look at the boat sex that we've talked about at length? Uh, hmm. That's a good question. I, I didn't do much thinking about it before this podcast, but I, I mean, isn't it isn't it a little worrying when the, when the two leaders start yeah. banging? I like, mean, the last time a Targaryen eloped with a Stark, it plunged the war the realm into yeah, bloody civil no, war. And fair. Tyrion's a, a, a student of history. Now, I, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, so I think, and you know, he's a king of his own right, and she's a queen by, I guess, right of conquest. Like how, what, you know, instead of like having a like, you got a unified army now versus the dead. But what happens when you have to fight against Cersei? What happens after Cersei's overthrown? Do you start fighting amongst yourself? Like, yeah, I, I never bought the idea that Tyrion is jealous of of Danny in a literal sense. Like, oh, I wish it was me rather than than John. I think it's more of like I'm her, I'm I'm her chief, I'm her prime minister, I'm her chief counselor. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. This is mm. this is someone getting closer to her than I'll ever be able to get, and I'm supposed to like Varys is wanting me to like tame this dragon, and now I've, she's I got this wolf in here doing the opposite of that. Like I, I think it's all I think it's it's concern for the realm more than concern for his own libido. Yeah, I agree. Um, because I just don't think I think that Tyrion's like that like Tyrion's romantic storylines kind of ended with 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 Shay. Um. Okay, uh, let's talk about Varys, which yeah, I think is interesting. Yeah, he's supposedly going to be keeping Danny in check, right? I mean, he 
he doesn't seem to be doing a lot in the moment, um, more than just sort of monitoring Danny's actions and, uh, you know, sort Towards of giving her the... <laughs> how, wor- yeah, how worried he is about it. Uh, Danny, you're getting a little too uh, mad kingy here for uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. But that hasn't been a scenario that he's had to deal with yet. Which, you know, why bring it up if it's not going to come up later? Uh, so maybe there's going to be... You know, one more bout of Danny sort of like pushing toward Mad King status. I mean, she does have a couple of really hard battles coming up uh, that might test her her will, and I think Varys is going to have to be there by her side, coaching her. Yeah, no, I think Varys is the he's like uh, something that I think that Danny has suffered from is bad intelligence f- up to this point. Like, I really yeah. would like to see Varys come through in a big way. Uh, as as the 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 master of of whispers and spiders to to kind of save the day with a, a piece of choice intelligence. What mm-hmm. do you make of like uh, so? Melisandre said last season they had kind of a frosty goodbye. She was going to go across to Volantis. We'll be talking about her in a minute. Uh, and Tyrion and and Varys is like, good, get on before you get spit on. And she says, oh, I'll be back. I'm destined to die. I forget exactly how she said, but I'm destined to die in this foreign land. As are you. Mm-hmm. If we take her at her word, now of course. Has has Melisandre made an actual accurate prediction thus far? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Right. I, I just feel like that... There's always sort of like ad hoc predictions and yeah. filling in the blanks and saying, hey, hey, you see that thing that just happened? Yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of predicted sort of, if you look at it the right way, that that would happen. Yeah, I mean, she's she's like full of these regrets and all the mistakes she's made and all the will that she's of, of uh, R'hllor that uh, she's misinterpreted. I don't know if we can take that, but like if you do take it at face value, Bear's going to die next season. Yeah. I feel like that would be appropriate. You know, because he's his whole shtick has been I care not for myself or for others. It's all for the realm. Um, it's it's it'd be an interesting note for him to like have to put up and shut up and actually make a real sacrifice like that. Uh, not that he, you know, I mean, not that he hasn't made sacrifices all throughout his life. Um, most notably to some dark god with his balls and dick. Uh, I, I I don't know. I I Varys is one of my absolute favorite characters, and if he does go out, I hope he goes out. Um, I hope they give him a very fitting way to go out. Go out with a quip. Because he's also, he would be like him and Tyrion, more so than Danny and John. Like once J- Danny and John f- fight the war and win the war, like they, the, the, the king and queen isn't as necessary. Like I, I think Tyrion and Varys are like the backbone of a new type of politics that could sweep over Westeros and, and, uh, and rebuild and restore things. You need mm-hmm. a, like a firm, steady hand on the wheel, and both of them would be good. So, but there again, bittersweet. I don't think both of them can survive. I okay. We I think I feel already broke our format. What are the odds? So like, if we had to put odds on these characters surviving, and we haven't really talked about Jorah because I don't, I don't know what to do with Jorah. I don't think we know what the show knows what to do with Jorah. Jorah seems like he's destined to die in some kind of showy thing, but he already kind of did that with the grayscale. Mm-hmm. You know, he was sent on a suicide mission and he prevailed. I guess narratively, it'd be a nice book in for him to go on a suicide mission and fail. Yeah, I kind of uh, don't care about yeah. Jorah. Like, he doesn't just a, tra- have he, a role anymore. He's just a tragic figure at this point. Yeah, he's not going to be banging Danny. She's banging That's John. That's what he wants. Yeah, he's he's not going to have, like, a, a, her ear as much as Tyrion or Varys or John. Like... I don't know what his role is in the final, in the climax of this show. I don't. It seems oh. only as a soldier, a soldier in Winterfell. So, uh, uh, 
you know, essentially a hero character that you, can die. Do you think the Knights, because this is going to come up later in the podcast, do you think the Night's Watch has a role at, at, at the end of the series? Because if so, Jord make a mm. damn fine Lord Commander. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it just depends on which way this battle goes, right? And yeah. <laughs> whether there's a pact of hold or not. Like I, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, following in the the footsteps of of uh, Gior, I think could be kind of cool for him mm-hmm. if there's a Night's Watch to to do that in. Or if the walls down and and the North is just now like twice as big and more hospitable. Like, do you need a Lord? Uh, do you need a Lord Paramount of the North North? Like, yeah. like, like you don't have a Lord Commander anymore of a Night's Watch, but you have someone that's kind of like overseeing, like helping out the wildlings and settling into the gift. And, you know, also if the White Walkers are gone, maybe the land of always winter thaws a little bit. And it's a little nicer up there. Like I I could see something like that happen. Maybe he could go coach, coach, coach Lady, okay. Lady Mormont through her teen years. Mm. I'm going to circle back. Uh, John and Danny, death percentage. Well, how certain are you, uh, Danny? Percentage of certainty that she's going to die. Per- percentage of certainty. Yes. Oh, God, I'm completely uncertain on all this. Uh, Gun to your uh, the Valerian steel to your gonna throat. She's going to die. She lives or dies. What's your percentage that she's going to die? I think it's almost a hundred that she lives. Hundred percent that she lives. Yeah, that's where that's where my head's at right now. All right, John Snow, same thing. Oh, he's like Aegon an 80, He's like an eighty percent. Eighty percent dead? No, no, alive. Oh, alive. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I really want this, like, you know, his and hers rulers kind of thing. I think it's a hundred percent chance that one of them is going to die, but sure. I, yeah. I, I, if I don't know which one, so I guess they're they're both odds are fifty fifty, and the cumulative is a hundred percent. I just think that one of them. I I'm sure there's a place I could bet money. I don't really have a lot of money right now, but uh, if I could bet money, I would bet absolutely on some kind of proposition that one or the other doesn't make it through. I think that's as close to a lock. Like it, like without that, you don't really have bittersweet. Like there's a there's a huge swath of fan base that if John and Danny can live happily ever after, like that's as sweet as you can get. So I think... no, I think John is much more likely to die yeah. um, simply because there's not as much of a place for him in this world anymore. Like with Sansa kind of stepping in as Lady of Winterfell, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's where she belongs and where she'll probably end up at the end of this series. So like, where does John go? What does John do after this war? And if he's not going to be ruling in Winterfell like his father or faux father, uh, I just don't see as much of a place for him as there is for Danny and Sansa. Gotcha. Uh, Tyrion Varys Jorah, percentage of death, certainty. Uh, Jorah almost 100%. Jorah, Jorah's done, dead. Uh, I'm at 0% because I talked myself into him <laughs> being the new being Watch. The Lord, yeah. Being the Lord Paramount of the North North or Lord Commander of the North Watch, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, Tyrion. I think there's, there's no role for him. He's dead. Uh, Tyrion. Fuck, I don't want to think about Tyrion dying. <laughs> don't make me do this. We'll say 0% and get it over All with, All right, coward. then 0%. Tyrion's right, going to live only I'm, because I love him. I'm actually 0% too. I don't, why? Do you have like a rationale for I, it other just, than I just love that there character? There doesn't seem any narrative purpose for him to die at this point. He is probably, of all the non-regal characters, the linchpin of what would be a future form of Westeros government. Um, yeah. Like, some of these people have to live. He's a fan favor. Why would he be on I a battlefield? Want, like, I, I want... I wish that Lady Olena had a counterpart um, that that she could quip with and just have discussions with and had somebody who really was truly her equal. And I can picture like a Golden Girls style thing where 
Tyrion and Varys are sitting there at the ripe old age of 65, mm-hmm. just drinking wine and taking jabs Ancient at each by other. Standards, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, yeah. I-, I would love to see that be their future. So I'm going to say that none of them die and they end up like the Golden Girls. I think 100% chance for Varys to die because I, I think this is going to be the time where Melisandre is <laughs> correct. If nothing else, she'll kill Varys just so she can say what, and then herself, an elaborate murder suicide just so she can say, I was right, as she's kill- slitting her own throat. She'll say, I was right. I was <laughs> right this I'm one right. time. <laughs> Ralor be praised as she throws herself onto a fiery pit. Um, yeah. Okay, so you're at Tyrion 0%. We agree. You're at Varys 0%. Oh, yeah. Boy, you got no. <laughs> Nobody's going to die. You got. You, Jorah's you- the only one dead so far. <laughs> Uh, George, a hundred percent. You're 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 yeah. you're you're fostering all your percentages onto the characters you don't care about. I'm exactly. I'm noticing exactly <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, how about I'm a fan. What do you want? How about Melisandre and and Sandor Clegane? Melisandre, the lady in red who associated fire, and the man who was both touched by it and repulsed by it. Um, got a problem? Fire Sandor Clegane. So we talked about where where Mel's at at this point, right? She's mm-hmm. she's, she's off d- doing lick, something, but gonna her, come back, licking her wounds over in Volantis. Yeah, she's gonna probably come back and and slit various throat. Do you think there's gonna be? Because you know, do you think that she's gonna bring like a elite commando unit of red priests and priestesses, and there's gonna be like some crazy CGI sequence where they're all just running over the battlefield birth and shadow babies setting people on fire man we got enough fire with the dragons yeah. in the battles you gotta have more you gotta have you know gotta have more fire you got you got people on the fire bandwagon I, I think it would be fitting if she died in a fiery blaze yeah i don't know if she can but what? yeah true. we'll see what else does she go well I, I don't say like volantis is like that's the kind of like that's the nexus of uh, lord of the light worship i don't no yeah and what? danny was appreciative of the the red right. priest yeah 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 we've seen we've we've met some of these like can i think one of them was canara or whatever uh we've we've met some of these these uh red priests and priestesses so like it would be kind of neat but like it's also would feel kind of like um it kind of feel like a bullet point of martin's that they're fulfilling because i don't feel like they've adequately laid the tracks for something that awesome but on the I other mean, john's hand, a lot more skeptical of the 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 red priest yeah the oh, red yeah. priestess oh yeah no uh, i think him and davos are very much kill on sight yeah so she comes back and like danny's danny's all oh the she the red priests helped me when i needed help and they were definitely on my side and john's like no no they're bad people don't trust right. them uh there could be a an interesting argument to be had there yeah uh throw a little tension in that relationship uh so sandor after seasons of hype dying uh, essentially came to King's Landing to sell fucking tickets to the Clegane Bowl last season. Yeah, he and, sold at least one. Yeah, and and like it looked right in the camera and be like, I know you, we've got unfinished business. And we're not going to finish it right now because the story demands it. I'm H- going north again. HBO wants to save save this shit for the final season. It's going to be one one hour and 29 minutes of you and me going toe-to-toe, brother. <laughs> gonna be like that joust fight we had except for last an hour and a half uh that might be either awful or amazing i yeah, don't like know which 90 minutes is just two minutes like like <laughs> yeah. a, like you thought <laughs> revenge of the sith uh, the third act drug on long wait until you see <laughs> you thought the hallway fight in daredevil was harrowing <laughs> 90 minutes in full plate armor <laughs> yeah against an undead beast yeah 
but that's happening and it's going to be fucking awesome. And like, I, yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how happy it makes me as a, as one of these kind of a crazy theory fanboys to have seen the community, like kind of go through the five stages of grief about this and then, then have it like, it's like literally something returned from the dead, uh, completely unexpected. Um, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. Let, let me go way out there on a crazy theory because Okay, I, I, don't, I don't know where to draw the line on spoilers. Like, we know that Miguel Sapochnik directs two episodes this season. Uh-huh. Is it spoilery to talk about that? I don't think And what that might so. mean for the fate of some of these characters in the show? Oh, I think, I don't know. I, I don't know, and I, I, guess I, I guess I would lean on the side of being overly cautious because people... Okay, l- let, let me say this. In the, right. in the trailer, there is a crazy battle depicted, right, between the, the Night King and the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah. Seemingly, uh, yes. seemingly, yeah. It's just that one battle. I think in the trailer there might actually be two battles. I, that was my take, you asshole. Okay, well, <laughs> then then join me on this. Yes, trip. all right. You uh, have my microphone because everybody that they show in the sort of really fiery portions of that battle, yes, has many reasons to be in King's Landing. Yes, and I think what's going to happen is that there's going to be a battle of Winterfell, mm-hmm. and then. We've dealt with the Night King, mm-hmm. and and maybe some people, you know, they say, "Oh, that'll never happen in Episode Three because it's anticlimactic." Bullshit! Bullshit! Because there's a bigger cli- climax exactly. for all the characters, and that is the dealing with Cersei yeah. and, and finally settling this Iron Throne thing. Yeah, that's the big important thing, and I think a lot of these characters could end up in King's Landing with fiery dragon attacks. I think you're right because so, so we see the Hound down there, and mm-hmm. if you're going to say, well, he's got to do the Clegane Bowl, I don't know how you could ever get the mountain going north, right? Because he's there as Cersei's personal bodyguard. She's mm-hmm. not going to fucking go north, no. So the Hound has to come to him, and we see Arya in that battle. We see Jamie in that battle. I think those three people at least are going south. It's interesting because. Um... This is something that kind of got because I was watching some Alt Shift X videos this week and I was going through, you know, just had them kind of playing in the background. And he mentioned this thing that I haven't heard before where I mean that. okay, so Martin has said a lot of times that like all these different resurrections are combined, like or have something related to each other. Like you've got like essentially ice whites and fire whites like, uh, you know, what the Night King makes are ice whites. What uh, like Jon Snow might be a fire white. He's literally a, a, a corpse that's returned to life. Um, it, it's, it's, and, and the idea that like Sandor is deathly afraid of fire and his brother's the one that gave him that fear. If, if, uh, Kyburn resurrected the mountain as more of like an ice type zombie, then we'd know that he is roughly as flammable as kerosene soaked cardboard. Uh-huh. Uh, so it could be that, and it would be a very narratively satisfying in for Sandor to use the element that, that his brother used to kind of break him to destroy him and finally get free of this, this fiery monkey he's had on his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that take. I think that's got a lot of, I uh, got a lot of merit to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with you about, uh, this, this, the, the trailer actually stealthily showing two different battles. Um, and then we talked about Melisandre. I think we're done with her. Do you have any predictions on Sandor's like final fate? It do might. You, do I, you think he's going to live? And what does he do if he does? I, okay. Does so he what, go back to the monkery <laughs> wherever the hell he was? Does he go build a fucking church in the middle of nowhere? Sandor getting peace would be a satisfying conclusion as arc. And uh-huh. that could be death. Um, but there's also a school of thought that, 
anyone who's died, uh, uh, like like Diamond resurrected, sh- probably won't be killed again. And Sandor, of course, was at least uh, literarily killed, <laughs> uh, narratively killed, and then brought back to life. Um, so I, I I don't know. I don't know if I subscribe to that theory. Um, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. Like to me, uh, to me, the Hound feels like a character who could die. Like he could even die as he's bringing the mountain down. And that he would be satisfied because he has, uh, you know, kind of fulfilled his like I don't know his his life is such a fucking nightmare, mm-hmm. um, if by his perspective, and it has been for a very long time that like just just getting out might be. But on the other hand, it'd be really cool to see him and like Barrett pal around up north too. So what do you think? What's your let's let's I'm gonna put the screws to you. Your death percentages, Melisandre and Sandor. Uh, I think Melisandre has got to go. 100%. She's yeah. with Varys. I think that that's going to be, it's a murder-suicide just to prove herself right. She's going <laughs> to she laugh that way. She's going to leech herself and throw herself on the barbecue. <laughs> uh, but her shadow baby will live on. Her shadow baby will live on. Uh, I hear it. I, I heard the shadow baby actually settled down in Dorne and is doing just fine. Has a little vineyard. <laughs> yeah. Has to yeah, wears a wide one. brim hat to keep itself out of the sun, but you mm. know it has to. It's a shadow. Yeah, it would just cease to exist if the sun right, died. right got married. Has a couple of shadow kids, <laughs> uh, to with with his beautiful shadow wife. All right, I don't know. Does Sandor is it is it is it uh, just completely waffling to say I'm fifty fifty on Sandor? Yes, but that's something you're allowed to do. <laughs> okay, then I'm going to stick with. The, I'm going to open up a Waffle House and say Sandor. Okay, is it could either live or die, and I think both would be weirdly satisfying. I think I think I'm twenty five percent him dying, but seventy five percent him living and him being kind of like the living embodied and bittersweet because like I can see him having a conversation with I and Barrick's probably going to die um but having him having a conversation with somebody like Jamie or some other warrior and he's like now what do I do like I've lived my whole life to get revenge on my brother and to you know reclaim this thing about myself and and then it's like you know claps him on the head like, that's for you to find out you've got like you know some kind of shit like that he should go to the farm of that dude he killed and yeah. just take it over take it over yeah yeah. Just live out his days, try and do justice to the farm. The farmer will haunt him. Him and his daughter yeah. will haunt him. That's the price you pay for being yeah. a bastard. Yeah. Um, so what else we have? Oh, we're going to move on to another triplets. Uh, Sansa and Arya and Bran. They are chilling at Winterfell after having killed in a joint project. Their powers combined, killing, ki- killing Little- Littlefinger. Which... As we mentioned, don't think they handled that plot as as deftly as they wanted to, but like yeah. the way it ended, I can't super complain about unless you want Littlefinger to have a super Bond villain dramatic exit, which okay, fine. I'm kinda with you on that. I'm gonna pretend that's what happened. I'm gonna pretend like he actually made a cogent defense for himself and, and Sansa just out 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 uh, thought him because that's kind of been her park. They didn't they didn't tell that story, but where we're at's fine. Where we're at's fine, and where we're at is there in Winterfell. Uh, hanging out. Yeah. Talk about it. All right. So I, I think the natural place for Sansa to be is right where she is now, ruling Winterfell. Okay. Essentially Agreed. ruling the North, as her father did. Lady of Winterfell. Yes. Arya. This is... Arya has got to at least try to kill Cersei. Like, okay. 100%, she's got to go south to King's Landing and try to kill Cersei. Now, the the only argument I would see against that 
is that she is now a faceless man, mm-hmm. which might preclude her from, you know, the, essentially hey, look, carrying out the promises of this list. A girl is no one. So yeah, but she's yeah. also kind of not also yeah, yeah, someone yeah. like she comes yeah, yeah, back yeah. and recognizes Sansa and then uh-huh. yeah, she's really has fucking a sisterly up the whole relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so fuck it, she's going to try and kill Cersei in King's Landing yep. for sure. Uh, if Jamie ends up dying, we haven't got to Jamie yet. Uh, that'll be next. Uh, it's possible she wears Jamie's face. She can wear Jamie's face. Yeah, could have all kinds of interesting um, ramifications. Uh huh. So. so the other thing that I think would be cool is like she wanted to be like a knight. It'd be kind of cool for her to be on the King's Guard or oh, the Queen's could, Guard. Could, I was gonna say, could she take the mountain's face? Could she become the mountain? Uh that would be Sandor? interesting because I honestly don't know what the limits of her shape shifting ability are. I mean she can Right. She, she can turn into Walder Frey hundred yes. percent, period. Yes. So she could probably turn physically into the mountain. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I I I think maybe like because like that's it's always been a kind of open question in books like how much of the faceless men is like actual blood magic and how much of it is like theatrics and deception and kind of Batman League of Shadows shit. Um, and can she take a face after because it, the body is dead? Like, right. I mean, a the mountain's already dead, and right. B Sandor is probably going to kill the mountain. So right, but can be- she get a face after? Yeah. I don't know. And then what are limits? Because like, like you could maybe. So I'm like like six two, and you're like what five nine. You could. I I believe you could inhabit me with like a certain amount of theatrical skill. I could wear your skin. Certainly. I, I don't think you could do that, Shaquille O'Neal. Without It'd be a little magic, baggy. Without magic. Without magic involved, I don't think you can do that, Shaquille O'Neal. So I guess yeah. we'll find out. One I think way there's certainly other. magic involved though. Uh, what do you think of my idea about her being on the Queen slash King's Guard? Because uh, she don't care about lands or titles. After or fucking after dudes. Things like, yeah, boy, come on. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she could just go uh, go be with her direwolf in the woods. Mm. Maybe she can just return to nature and just <laughs> go feral. Yeah, just be just just let your yeah. hair grow out, be naked. I mean, that's the true way to be no one, right? Hell yeah. Is to become a dog. A girl is a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Actually, I kind of <laughs> like that. Uh, not going to have it in a million years, <laughs> but no. uh, there you go, George. There's your idea to save this, the franchise. Have yep. Arya be a wolf. Uh, Bran. Okay. Bran is almost I what place does a super like a god like Bran have in I, I the mean, future in a cave, of Westeros? In a cave under a tree. Like that's the the kind of the three eyed raven was right where he needed to be, sort of out of the way. Yeah. Just watching and, and plotting ahead. Yeah. I I mean if Bran can return to some kind of role like that, I'm cool. Maybe maybe he ends up under the werewood there, in that's what I was Winterfell, say. right? I like, think, yeah. Yeah. I think he somehow merges like that would be very cool. I think that yeah. so he's still there to maybe consult in a kind of Obi Wan ghost kind of way. Like if Sansa needs some wisdom, or yeah, you know, or, or Daenerys or John want to bend the knee before the tree and beseech the wisdom of the old gods. Like he's he's there, but like I I don't see him living corporeally. Um, I also kind of see him just being like maybe uh, obliterated in some kind of psychic battle with the Night King. That allows oh boy that allows the Night King to be weakened enough for for like John to get in there with his Valerian uh, steel blade. Yeah, distraction. Yeah, distraction. Brand right. He turns his brain to yogurt just to give John <laughs> that five seconds of. I mean, it's possible. He needs five. I need. I need. I need five seconds of white eye time with the Night King. Brand. I mean, he did it to Hodor. Yeah, he could definitely do it to himself. Yeah. 
Um, I think so. There, there's, there's what uh, I think we're in agreement about brands. So let's let's do some death percentages. I, Sansa. Zero percent. Zero percent. If yeah. Sansa fucking dies after all the shit she's been through <laughs> know, on the cusp of of, <laughs> of of gaining like safety and security and like learning how to rule, I'm going to be fucking living. Wouldn't that be the definition That's of bittersweet? Bitter. <laughs> no, nah, it's just fucking bitter. It's ninety nine percent cacao. I don't like it. Uh, Aria. Uh, fucking, I can feel I, I, a fifty percent coming off no, you. No, no, like, no, I don't think Arya like dies. Army of the dead. Who's gonna fucking kill Arya? Nobody can kill Arya. The Night King can kill Arya. No, undead fucking dragon. But can she, kill Arya. but in my opinion, she goes to King's Landing, and King's Landing will not be a thing until after the Night King is dealt with. So as soon as she crosses the last name off her list, then Jack and Hagar decloaks off her uh, off her starboard bow and kills her, and says, "A girl, not a girl will be no one." And yeah. then he winks at the camera, and, and a girl has been someone for too long. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um. I th- no, I don't. I don't think she's gonna die. I think she's gonna go probably yeah. kill Cersei. I think the Stark kid. I think I think Bran is going to be the representative mi- misery. Bran and Rickon um, and Rob uh, are going to be the res- re- you know the representative misery of the Stark children. And Bran again, don't think he's going to be like the boy, um, but I think he is going to. I, I don't think he's going to be a living person anymore. But I do think he's going to like live on, like you said, in a tree. Yeah. Okay, do we so that we're so we're zero percent chance of death on all three of these characters essentially? Uh, it, it yeah, I mean, in the in the brand is going to in some form live. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, it's not going to be like a, a cutting off death. All right. Uh, we have um kind of a. A love triangle plus extra plus one. Love triangle plus one. <laughs> okay. and, I believe that's called a foursome. <laughs> and uh, J- uh, Jamie, Brienne, Tormund, and Braun. Oh, Braun gets thrown in here. Okay. Uh, so let's let's. So we know we already talked about Jamie. He was last seen looking very, very dapper in a black kind of uh, Night's Watch cloak, uh, leaving King's Landing as snow was was descending. Uh, Brienne and Tormund are actually north. Brienne is in Winterfell. Um, I think Tormund is there, or if, if he yeah, saw he the destruction, on... he's going to he's going to be on his way. Yeah, um, yeah. because we did find a trailer, he survived. Yes. Uh, and then Braun was last seen in the capital, but openly talking about changing his allegiances and having no desire to fight dragons. And but they didn't show Braun with Jamie. So what would that look like? Is so let me go back real quick to Tormund because I okay. think he's going to end up probably at Castle Black if I had to guess. Okay, um, I mean he's already up at the wall. Last we saw him, do you think the whole wall fell down or that no, one section? I think just that section came down. Okay, and I think Castle Black is still standing. And we see in the trailer him with Beric and somebody who looks like yeah. uh, oh fuck Sam's friend from oh Dolores Ed, Dolores Ed? yes Dolores Ed. Uh, who we know is currently up at Castle Black, right? So I think he could end up going there before he makes any kind of journey to Winterfell. And I don't know if he may meet his end there because it's weird to me that like the Night King, the the the, the forces of the dead have already breached the wall. Mm-hmm. What purpose would they have to go to Castle Black? I don't understand. Yeah. There'd I'm, be no reason for that's it. So I, I think he's almost like super safe up in Castle Black. But is this something that you, that you saw in the trailers or something? Like why would Tormund go to Castle Black? Like it seems. Yeah, like the I, I saw would... in the trailer that him and Beric and Dolores were all in a scene together. 
could be like because like that's they i think they were supposed to you're supposed to understand they're east watch by the sea which is another game uh-huh. like how could you tell that versus castle black just by looking at it no but either way i mean they're up at the wall and the yeah. the wall is down yeah the the knight's king has no okay. reason to attack no, no, any no. of the castles on the wall anymore no 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 no. i think he's going to make a beeline to where all the living are gathered yeah. in defiance of him uh which is winterfell because yeah. um I, I don't know if that's a or potentially or wherever the fuck bran is like yeah that might yeah, be his biggest might, concern right that might be what's uh what's attracting him yeah um okay uh so we talked about Tormund. Uh, does he? Okay, let's let's back up here. Jamie, Brian, Tormund, and Braun. Yeah. Uh, is there any kind of shipping? Do you care to ship any combination of these characters? Because I'm a very big Jamie Brian guy. Yeah. If I'm going to ship anybody, it's him. Have been since I've read the third book. My co-author Anthony on Gods of Thrones, Gods of Thrones dot com, uh, is a big Brian Tormund shipper. Ah, uh, why? It's funny. Why? It's funny. It's super but... funny. Yeah, but, but I, I just don't, don't want Brienne to end up with the funny choice. No. I want her to end up with the noble, heroic choice. The man who's tried to do good all his life, been shit on, and and understands like some of her plight too. Like I mean I think Tormund Tor- I, no. I, I think Tormund would be an alright guy if he could tone down the, you know, slick as a wet baby seal talking. Uh but there's just nothing interesting to Tormund other than his quips and his jokes like his physical size and, and yeah his know. size but like it's got to be nice for a, a woman fuck. like brienne to have a uh uh I, I don't know that's saying you can only pair brienne off with a freak of nature like that's weird like why not give her the romantic relationship with the extremely conventionally attractive man i mean that's fine with me i find uh gwendolyn christie extremely conventionally attractive so that's, i know that's what i'm saying like yeah. they've played her character as like this this weird freak that nobody wants. And I, right? I do think that she to is to put her with a weird freak right. at the end is kind of saying like, yeah, she was a weird freak all along. Uh, Tormund will remember that. <laughs> Tormund I, should remember that. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like I, cause like to me, if Brian and Jamie actually get together, get together and how, would that even fucking look like? Like, like, I mean, what is this going to be like? Some kind of asinine princess bride ending where everyone's getting married, and there's like it's like like Lord of the Rings, except every time you fade to black, it's a new fucking marriage going on. Like, yeah. like I, and I like, they're all different colors, and everybody's killed, and yeah, that's the end. Of the like, game I don't know what I'm expecting. Like a hug after a, 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 a like like the final battle. I don't know what I'm expecting when I say Brienne and and Jamie ship. Other than the blonde I don't want wedding. Them it's a blonde wedding. There you go. I don't want them to be enemies anymore. I want them to. I want them to. To. But the the thing is, the thing that that is killing me here is I don't think both of them are going to survive. Like I really, you know, we've talked about Jamie having to pay because you know, like yeah, we like him and he's redeemed himself. He's done a lot of heinous shit in his day. Uh, one way he could pay for that is taking the black um and you know he certainly seems dressed for the occasion but if he doesn't get that and even if he does and that kind of precludes a relationship with brian although i could almost see them as a couple working like she takes the black too and they just kind of like a uh an asexual but supportive um you know mutual admiration society up there okay so i i don't know because like huh. the only the only uh person i've seen uh brian carry a torch for was a, a gay man and that's tragic Mm, yeah so i don't know um i i I don't know i feel like jamie's probably going to die then maybe torben doesn't look so bad (laughs) sure yeah i mean if he's the only offer on the table all right let's talk about let's talk about braun i think i'm okay with it uh let's let's talk about braun so Um, braun is on the side of well 
Braun is looking out for himself. Yeah. And that's what Braun does best. However, he's gotten himself that has gotten him mixed up with the likes of Cersei. I could see like um do you have you ever seen Braveheart? <laughs> the yes. scene where the the crazy Irishman like somehow pulls the entire Irish contingent of the king's army at to the Scottish side at the uh-huh. last minute and it's kind of like a turning point like I could almost see him like leading an entire division of Cersei's troops away from their defense like and the, like and joining the dance and that's how the gold company he sabotages that whole oh thing oh my god if he steals the entire gold <laughs> company uh oh God. i mean they're a lot of like right, that's, right that's canon that's happening they're just looking for gold right just like braun just like braun there you go bronze go braun goes way back with the <laughs> commander of the gold company a golden company turns he might, out actually yeah. um so i yeah I, I i see something like that where like i don't because uh, you know like the other alternative is he's following jamie up the winterfell like fucking Gollum followed frodo and sam like i don't see him being that um i mean a super satisfying arc for a character yeah. like braun is to have him finally give a shit i mean he, it's han solo right like, i almost think that like i could see him just like I, if i never see braun again i just assume he went off and fucked off the stokesworth castle and yeah. ride this thing out I got my my reasonably sized castle. I've got my fancy clothes. I've got my mm-hmm. you know wife who's going to give me some lord fancy lads and ladies and and uh, we could check with him. Uh, there's going to be a post credit scene where he's just sitting in a chair, bored out of his gourd, and Stoke that's whatever seat the Stokesworth he's to have. Do you think there might be a showdown between either him and Jamie or him and? Tyrion even yes but like that one will of his not close feel friends because like there's nothing I mean no but, kinda... it, but it, I mean if it's bittersweet like yeah. having Braun be true to Cersei because she's paying the bills to the very end over that's the friendships true. that he has with these he's other people he's a chaotic neutral I could totally see that happening yeah I think that's pretty bittersweet but I don't think he's going to go dies like, or kills them. Uh, but I mean, he's going to see dragons on the other side and like the epitome of a sell sword is like well I got to be alive to sell my sword so but he's you know. seen dragons. I mean, he's fought dragons. Yeah, he said. He said the last we were here, he's like, I don't want any part of that. Like, it's scary. Those, those things. Uh, th- th- yes. Yeah, I guess we don't really know where he's at. So I much. can't. I don't think he's going. I. I would. F- I would feel like it's almost like a bit. Like, like he's like taking up political sides if he fights with for Cersei at this point. It would kind mm-hmm. of like feel like a borderline betrayal of his character. But um, I don't know. We'll I mean, see. Tyrion offered to double Cersei's offer, so um, maybe he can take it. Okay, uh, so let's do percentages here. Jamie, live or dead percentage, death percentage. I'm going to give him a 20% chance to live. I'm at a hundo. To die? To die. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I don't like that. See, I like Jamie, but I think that's that's what my... I think there's an argument to be saying. made that Jamie has already given enough to make up for his deeds, in the his evil deeds in the past. Well, but he's also... He's sacrificed everything that... A, man can but here here, okay there's one way that i've seen discussed there's one way that he could potentially redeem because it's not just like he's done enough he's done enough that we've seen but like his popular perception oh, among the yeah. realm is is still radioactive yeah, like, he's still the kingslayer because sure. he's the kingslayer what if he is the one that kills the knight's king <laughs> <laughs> with a little dragon glass uh arrowhead and then he's like he the, runs up then and he's stabs the, him he's the kingslayer you're goddamn right <laughs> You're goddamn right I'm the Kingslayer. Kingslayer takes an entirely new meaning. I like it. I've saved this fucking realm for two evil kings, you <laughs> ungrateful bastards. 
but somehow the king the night king has actually earned a really good reputation at that point in westeros <laughs> yeah and so he actually, looks like an yeah, asshole the night king sweeps all these idiots off the board and he's got a sensible taxation policies <laughs> and trade's never been uh, more booming with essos and but jamie's just gotta live up to his he's name pr- he's protecting women and minorities and it's like god man we should have we should have ta- we should have torn down this wall a long time ago so do you think that that keeps him alive and makes up for everything like he wouldn't have to die at that point i think i think actually he'll, he's going to die i actually i i really like the idea of the king slayer being redeemed by slaying a new king but i think he probably pays the ultimate price in that so we're you're at 20 percent. i'm at 100 percent. but we both kind of feel that jamie well, will I'm somehow at, be redeemed right i'm at 80 percent to die i was at 20 oh, to live. oh so, oh okay yeah I, okay. I i think he so that just represents you feeling that he's kind of like I, there's I, a possibility yeah. that he can redeem himself or has redeemed himself already, yeah. but I'm kind of with you. I think. I think most fans could put up a good faith argument that Jamie's done enough, and certainly my meal bag, my, my meal, my meal bag was full of him uh, after we we signed off last year. No, I like Jamie a lot now. I do too. Um, and I can oh, totally understand the, the the person he is and how he made the decisions and how disillusioned yeah. he got and how that can turn into his shit and fatalist and nihilist and like yeah, I, I get all that. Uh, Brian. I'm at a I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna jump in because I haven't done this yet. Zero percent chance for her to die. I, I agree. She's, she's a mortal lock. And to I, live. and I think like an immortal lock. Uh, essentially, her promise to Cat, I think, is sort of keeping her alive in my mind. Okay, <laughs> like it would be super fitting if she just ended up by Sansa's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, es- essentially serving as her mountain, you know, right. her king's guard, uh, queen's guard, mm-hmm. lady. lady. Of Winterfell's guard, uh, Tormund. <sighs> Tormund's Tormund needs to die. Die, Tormund. Can can I can I get my percentage of Tormund dying as a shrug? Okay, like, I think yeah. Tormund's fine, but I've never connected with him like I've connected. Like he's always been kind of a goofy guy. Yeah, I mean he's he's and there. I still don't like him for killing that farmer back in season three. I mean that's <laughs> horseshit, Tormund. That guy didn't didn't need to die. Uh, what about the Hound? Don't harbor the same ill will toward the hound. I mean, for killing the farmer in season. What did four. I say? That the, what did I say that the? I don't even remember my own percentage for Sandor dying. Uh, but yeah, I I th- I don't care. I don't care about Tormund. Yeah, I'd, I really couldn't care less about Tormund as a character. And I I'll actually almost be angry if he ends up with Brienne. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't think he's worthy. I'm yeah, just... sorry, Anthony, but kinda, yeah. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. For Prestige, me and Aaron are still extending our Shogun Afterglow with part three of our discussion of the 1980s TV miniseries. Last week absolutely shocked our sensibilities with Lord Toronaga doing the tango. What delights and horrors will await us this week? Then for Pulp, this Friday join us for our latest prep session for House of the Dragon Season 2 as we take another look at the key differences between the text of Fire and Blood and the on-screen action for Season 1 and what they mean for the characters, story, and setting. Get your Valerian steel sharpened for the new season. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. Madman and father of Mad Max, George Miller, is back with another apocalyptic tale from the Australian wastelands. This time, we're getting a prequel featuring the origin story of Charlize Theron's character Furiosa, 
starring the Queen's Gambit's Anya Taylor-Joy in the title role and the mighty Thor Chris Hemsworth as the warlord Dr. Dementis. Furiosa promises more high-octane, slightly radioactive action and fun. Furiosa drives into theaters on May 24th, and we'll have our spoiler-free thoughts and impressions of the film as well as a discussion of trailers and upcoming movies for everyone. But if you want to ride with us the full length of the podcast on the eternal highways of Valhalla, shiny and chrome, you're going to have to be a club member. Join today at support.baldmove.com. Get our full discussion of Furiosa and many more first-run films, plus tons of other bonus podcasts and ad-free feeds. Support.baldmove.com. Uh, okay, uh, what about Braun? I think Braun's gotta die. Oh, I'm I'm the opposite. I think Braun's like the, cock, the cockroach with the heart of gold. Yeah? Yeah. He'll survive any nuclear... He'll survive any winter nuclear... I mean, you're not uh, wrong. He survived a lot. Based. Yeah. I mean, just surviving, like, Blackwater alone is enough for me to go, hmm, that was impressive. Yeah. And one of the few characters throughout the series that has continued to improve his situation as everything else deteriorates around him. Yeah. And everybody else is losing bits of themselves. He just keeps getting. He so. was not Blackwater, right? For <laughs> my yeah, hell yeah, misremembering. Okay, yeah, he was okay. in. Yeah, he was in like old G season, like uh, defended the uh, Tyrion's duel to the death in season one. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you say hundred percent chance, or and I'm saying zero percent chance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sam and Gilly. I feel like okay. So first of all, Sam has it has just revealed to bran like there was an actual marriage between rhaegar and lyanna mm-hmm. stark mm-hmm. uh and so john is actually not just a targaryen bastard he's also like the trueborn king yeah um gilly seems to simply be taking care of a baby at this point uh-huh <laughs> that's her role and learning to read right um so like here here's what i think sam, needs to happen with sam based on his character okay and his arc thus far He's always been the protector of Gilly, right? Like sure. from the moment he met her, he he has been slaying White Walkers. He's been her champion in yeah. her name. Uh, he's been fending off assholes uh, who would see her harm mm-hmm. in in uh, Castle Black. Like he's always done it, but he's always kind of accidentally done it. He's never actually like really stepped up and defended her, mm-hmm. like. He's always been willing to do it if it came to that and to die for it, but he's mm-hmm. never had to really go through with that because Ghost saved him in Castle Black. Uh, this magic fucking piece of glass that he has saved him uh, up in the north, sure. beyond the wall. So, like, I feel like Sam's arc is going to be one of actually having to make that sacrifice to protect Gilly at this point right. uh, and to protect his his baby whose name is Sam. His... Like, I, I, Baby Sam, yep. Baby Sam. Yeah, okay. Yep. Uh I feel like he's gonna have to die in service of his his he, belief that he needs to protect these people. Here's the thing. I don't know if he has to die or not, but he, he's gonna do one more thing of combat, I think, because they still haven't paid off him stealing his father's Valerian steel sword. Right. Um that uh he's either gonna I, I, but I, I it would also be a total move for him to give it to somebody like an actual ward like hey my, give, give it my, to jorah who my no longer has one because he gave it to john that's true or refused it when john tried to give it back yeah i feel like uh, i don't know i feel like john and danny get to two here's what i think if um here, well that's a little too pollyanna too because then i'd have to go back and both of them live but like i think it'd be kind of cool if danny and john both get the two halves of ice 
uh-huh. as their Valerian. And then you start like, okay, Jorah gets Longclaw back. Uh, and then I don't know what you do with the... Uh, I guess Brienne would get maybe uh, the the Heart Eater or whatever the fuck Heartsbane. She would get that blade because I'm trying. I don't want to take a, a Valerian sword from anybody, but the Lannisters. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, but again, I don't. That's I'm just going against my own damn predictions at this point. What but, am I doing? but you're right. That sword is out there. Um, so I think he's going to. I don't think. Man, I, I feel like Sam dying is just going to be a real bummer. A real bummer. Yeah, I didn't really think about the sword. The sword is important because we know that it can kill white walkers mm-hmm. uh sam has killed a white walker before with dragon glass piece of shitty obsidian right he's got a valerian steel blade holy shit so maybe there's something to that maybe he could actually kill a white walker with the sword not really being sure that it would even work mm-hmm. why the reveal why why brand revealing all this stuff to sam like I mean I know why it literally happened because like uh it was able, was able they're able to put two pieces of information together and like right um, but like what purpose, who tells John, I, I, I've got so many questions. Like, I want to know exactly what happens when John arrives at Winterfell. First of all, yeah. him and Arya reuniting is going to be freaking sweet. Second of all, him finding out if it's Aegon Targaryen stuff. Is it in front of Danny? Is it like, you know, I, I'm, I'm very curious because Sam doesn't like, is not great at being tactful and, and, and Bran is like a fucking, zero zero yeah. uh personality construct at this point uh-huh. um and he'll he's he's a type to just blurt uh hey auntie daenerys did you know that john's the rightful king oh. and then <laughs> I, I don't know hilarity ensues uh sam so so i think sam and gillard both a zero percent chance baby salmon is a zero percent chance mm. for die they are going to be one of the sweeter endings i think gilly and baby sam have zero percent i think sam is Sam's up in the air. I, I was going to go 100. I think I'm 50 on that sword Ooh, I thing. Cut, I cut yeah. those odds down of that, that Valerian steel. <laughs> you absolutely did. Uh, Theon and Yara. Theon and Yara. So Theon uh, just got forgiven of his many se- uh, sins of shitbaggery by Jon Snow himself. Yep. He beat uh, a man half to death. To... He, he, he beat an ironborn half to death and arose uh, harder and stronger. Uh, <laughs> he's taken his, his men and he's going to rescue his sister. Yeah. Which sets up an inevitable confrontation between him and Euron, right? I still don't give a shit about the, any of this Greyjoy stuff, man. Huh. Um, I, yeah, I thought, you long not cared about that. Yeah, and I was actually kind of surprised at how caught up I got with in the moment. I think Alfie Allen sold that sold the hell out of that mm-hmm. kind of moment of triumph and like uh, you know his, his second baptism and actually becoming a man where he's just pretending to be one before and but he now he's in a man and he's not he, and but but he has no cognable. What is that? Like I, I, there's a lot of really cool things that I felt like I felt intellectually, if not emotionally, and I thought you know I admired it, but like I don't know like. Is he going to go and single-handedly best Euron in combat and save Yara? And, like, I... Okay, let's cut to the chase. Oh, and Yara, we don't know where Yara's at. Yeah, she's got, either dead she's or she's a captive of Euron. Dead, oh, or she's Cersei. captive of Euron. She's uh, on the Iron Island. She could be aboard Euron's flagship, the Silence, which uh, would be kind of... But, like, I don't... I don't know that I would even buy with his dramatic moment the him like taking this long boat of 20 dudes and taking on theon's flagship or or euron's uh, flagship yeah i don't know and i again like this seems so utterly unconnected to anything else i care about uh i'm gonna go 100 chance for theon to die because it's cool for john to uh, forgive him but theon brought all this shit onto himself 
Uh, arguably, he suffered enough for it, but I think he's going to die, and I think Yara's going to live because he's going to somehow save her, save her, and redeem himself in a heroic sacrifice. Hmm. Um, I think but... it'd be more bittersweet if uh, Theon dies, yeah, and 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 saves Yara yeah. somehow, yeah. Uh, and, and it does seem like that's the way it's going. So I think I'm with you on that. It'd be cool if Danny's Queensguard, assuming she sits the Iron Throne and is have so, it would be ex- nothing but women. Uh, you so got Arya, you got Brienne, out of the picture. You huh? got, you got, you got, uh, you got Arya, you got uh, Brienne, you got, uh, you get, you got uh, Yara. Wait, Yara, Brienne, Arya. Uh-huh. Whew, boy, you have to give him new names because that's confusing. Yara. Arya. Oh, they already did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. She's gonna go back to Asha. Since right. where the hell's Asha at this point? Did she yeah. die? Is she dead? Oh, I'm, I'm certain. Hundred percent yeah. chance of her dying sometime in the last three seasons. We didn't even notice it. She's dead. Um, so yeah, we thought anything else to say about that or should we move on? Because now we get to the villains, Euron and Cersei and the Night King. Dead, dead, and dead. 100%. dead. dead. Euron is now off to Westeros or to Essos rather. (laughs) There is nothing sweet about Cersei living through this. Nothing sweet. That cannot be described as bittersweet no matter how many people die and she lives. I've got some things to to discuss. Okay. Um, Okay. So Euron's off to Westeros to save the, the, the higher... Jesus Christ. Euron is off to Essos to hire the Golden Company. Um, that's going to be cool. That's going to be like, you know, this this brand new army that you're going to be able to throw against John and Danny's army. Um, the Golden Company has elephants, which I think is going to be a really cool visual element to the in any battle. Um, getting a little bit of more Lord of the Rings flavor. It's like one boat per elephant, right? <laughs> I mean, how many elephants they can you swim fit on one of those They boats? fucking swim those across <laughs> there in Sea. Yeah, they just ride them like boats. That is elephant paddle, right? Um, Cersei claimed to be pregnant. Do you buy Cersei's pregnancy? Okay. Let, let me get really crazy for a she's second. In, she's in, and, and the Night King just blew a hole in the wall and he's marching south. So that's where all these people are. Cersei is like a bloated old evil spider in the middle of her web in King's Landing. Euron is off to get the Golden Company and Night King is heading south. Uh, what's your take? Go. Uh, I think that it's very possible that Cersei has tricked Tyrion and Jaime into thinking that she's pregnant for her own nefarious purposes. It's essentially to to string Jaime along and manipulate him and keep him on her side, uh, and also to sell this ruse to Tyrion, who thinks he's outsmarted her because he figured out that she was pregnant. Uh, she telegraphed that too much, in my opinion. So. That's a possibility. Okay. What if she's actually pregnant? Um, she ha- gives birth, somehow dies in the war to come, mm-hmm. and Danny is, in fact, barren. <laughs> this is where I was going. But... You stole this from me. That, I guess tit for tat. Okay. Okay. I stole your King's Landing double battle in the trailer theory. Okay. You, you can steal my adopted... Uh, adopted because that meets bittersweet, right? Baby. The yes. fact that the the good guys are raising the evil yes. person's baby, and... and it's fitting for John being raised that way himself. Like, right. yeah, this to- this kind of makes total sense. Yeah, no, I think there is something there. Um, is there time for that to happen? Okay, so this is the fly and the ointment. <laughs> we have been apologizing for jetpacking all over the place. Yeah. But it's going to be some special kind of funny if we get back to Westeros and 
an eight, or not Westeros eight week Landing. pregnancy. There's like there's like a six week old baby waiting there, <laughs> right. and 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 then people like there's like mention about oh we got to take the long arduous trip from Winterfell to King's Landing. It'll take us months by going over like it, it'll be. I don't know what the fan base would do. Like if yeah. they like like because the people that are left are at least tolerant of the jet, the, the egregious jetpacking and hand waving over any kind of concerns about actual material or money or how things cost or anything but round numbers of men and ships and all this shit. Like it would I think it would literally melt people's brains if they let that play out naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any like room for unnatural can Kyburn do some kind of like? Oh no! Like Cersei's like, uh, I've got to get this baby out of me. Kyburn, do some blood magic and make this thing grow in a fortnight, and then she's going to don her, I don't know, Cersei armor and go. <laughs> How <laughs> many leeches does Kyburn have? <laughs> as many as he needs. As as many pots of wildfire as they had. Yeah, because I think you could probably make a baby come out real fast if you had enough leeches. Enough. Le- yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm I thinking. would like to know how that would work anatomically. Let's ask Gendry. Gendry knows. Gendry knows all about it. Uh, Gendry thinks making babies probably involves leeches. <laughs> probably. I got naked with the lady. She put neat <laughs> leeches on me. I think that's sex. Hell, uh-huh. I could be a father. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. 100% death for all these. I do think there yeah, is yeah. a little bit of intrigue with the baby. I think there is uh-huh. a little bit of opportunity for someone to take the place of the Night King in some kind of long-lost pack kind of situation. I mean, the Night King has to definitely die or at least be thwarted, you know? Yeah. Like, his mission cannot succeed because if it does, he he's the binary switch on this whole yes. fucking story. If yeah. he lives, everyone else dies. Sure. If he dies, there's possibilities, right? So he has to die. Yeah. Uh, bonus death percentage. There is no sweet in that bittersweet pot for a Night King who prevails. Uh, bonus death percentage, Gendry. Uh, poof. Gendry. Is there any chance that we get uh Gendry on the throne as the rightful heir, and then John up north as sort of his father, and they have that bro relationship? <laughs> that would be kind of cool. <laughs> no, it can't happen. But it's obviously, too sweet. yeah, it's I, ridiculous. So I think Gendry comes into play in event that he like to break cla- break glass in case both John and Danny die. Like, like uh, if, he, he does have a claim, for example, like least. if Danny on her deathbed, like she's, uh-huh. she's dying of her wounds or she's psychically connected to her fucking dragons and they're all dead because you like, like, like I do think that there's going to be a ret- oh, man. There's another question. Are the dragons going to re- live or die? Because like, like mm. Bran, I feel like these things are too powerful to continue. Like if you have a whole other age of dragons and stuff like it, I don't know that, that I, I just think that like, they're going to try to return the status quo. I feel like there's a, where there's an instance where Danny's dying on her deathbed because she's psychically connected to dragons or some shit like that and she's wasting away and you know everyone's fretting about the fact that there's no issue because we're also wrong on our Cersei baby prediction and she outlines some way to democratically elect a leader and it turns out it's Gendry I could see something like that happening no way no <laughs> no way. no Gendry doesn't sit the Iron I mean, Throne yeah it's, it's a possibility as an elected monarch with, with the story you outlined yes it's a possibility but all right I don't cer- certainly it's like a one percent chance of anything zero percent chance I, I, I yeah I, I I mean, Gendry's purpose at this point is going to be to hammer a bunch of fucking dragon glass, right? Like, mm. or to at least lead up the effort in hammering a bunch. Yeah, of there dragon is glass. a there is a scene of him like armoring, like yeah. doing armory stuff in Winterfell, and, and he and he made the joke last season about like, oh, what use is there for right. a blacksmith? I'm like, I'm going to take up a hammer and I'm going to fight with you. Right. Well, guess what? There's actually a lot of use yeah. for a blacksmith at this yeah. point. You got to start smithing this glass and the weaponry, son. Uh, what if oh, you made a suit of armor out of dragon glass? Holy shit. 
Just like in just like in Skyrim, yes, I want some of that ebony armor. Could could even could, could the Night King even penetrate Dragon that with the uh, with a weapon? I think if you touched him, he just turned to dust. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's like going to a fight with a wasp nest, and you made a suit out of raid. Like they just <laughs> they got no answer for it. Yeah, let's see that. Let's see a, a bull-shaped helmet made out of dragon glass. Yeah. And he goes in and just gores the yeah. Night King with the, the horns. Hell yeah. I think we've now and got six. he says, six, the boar gotcha. I think we had six different people with storylines <laughs> killing Night King at this point. All at the same time. Yeah, Bran distracts, yeah. John faints, uh, Gendry gores, Arya sneaks in with the mask. Yeah. Um. Okay. God, I want to see, see that Photoshop. Gendry in the dragon glass boar helmet. Um, I, I do have a couple other things I want to say about like the, the have to wait to the spoiler section, which I think the first one will be next week. I don't think we're going to do one this week. Yeah. Um, but cause there's a couple emails I want to consider and also some other thoughts that won't be spoiled by episode one, surely. So I think it'll still be relevant, but that's all I've got. Do you want, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Should we get to feedback? No, let's do feedback. It's a damn long episode that we know. do these, we do they these like two are. hour long, uh, Game of Thrones episodes. All right. Before we get to feedback, Jim, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's allergy season. Ah, I've noticed. Well, I'm experiencing allergies at the, at this very moment. Yeah. It's been tough. I thought I had a cold like a week ago, but it turns out not. It's just freaking allergies. And yeah. sure enough, the, uh, the trees that smell like bleachy fishy, <laughs> stuff are blooming up and down my street it's quite nice uh-huh. uh but you know molecule is reimagining the future of clean air starting with the air purifier is uh, that molecule with a k that's molecule with a k molecule. i've heard of them cool unlike hepa filters molecule destroys indoor air pollutants at a molecular level it's like that's sounds like the really bad disruptor you get from star trek that's like violently <laughs> destroying air pollution i like it it completely removes this from the air you breathe the molecule uses photoelectrochemical oxidation techno- nanotechnology to eliminate allergens mold bacteria viruses and airborne chemicals now mm. i'm i'm thinking like oxidation means this like the burn right set on fire i'm I, I don't know what all this means but i imagine there's mo- there's nano sized dragons that constantly patrol the inside of this molecule unit, and they just they just incinerate with dragon fire anything that gets within their radius. You'd, you'd think they'd want to put that in their talking points, right? Because it's pretty cool, <laughs> right? It's 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 approved and tested by Kyburn himself to uh, completely destroy things. He doesn't even know what molecules are, but he's pretty sure it destroys them at that level. <laughs> Uh, and Molecule is your best defense against allergy season. Molecule has reinvented air purifier to not just collect these air pollutants. Why would you want to collect them? They're not Pokemon. It's Just true. destroy them. Destroy these particles. Rip them apart at the molecular level. When you turn on the molecule, you're creating the purest air possible, combating allergen season by destroying these allergens in your home. You know what? Breathing clean air can help you sleep, Jim. Placing, Don't I know it? I actually have a air purifier in my bedroom. We need to upgrade this molecule because... And I, you, I feel real good when I wake up, and it, then I go to the basement, and I feel real bad. We need a molecule down in the basement, uh, but you can also place one. I, I take your, your shitty old HEPA filter, right? put it down here in the basement, throw the molecule upstairs where you sleep, because if you put that in your bed, put it next to your bed, it cleans the air you're breathing, mm-hmm. and customers have reported feeling energized after getting the best night of sleep they've had in years. All right. Molecules technology is, of course, verified by science, but most importantly, it's been tested by real people. Molecule has given allergy and asthma sufferers around the country an all-new experience. And for $75 off your first order, visit Molecule.com. That's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E. 
com and at checkout enter code GOT for again $75 off your first order. That's molecule.com, molecule spelled with a K, M O L E K U L E dot com, and enter code GOT to get $75 off your first order. This episode is also sponsored by Bald Move, as always, in the form of our club at club.baldmove.com. It's the only way you're going to be able to get to participate in the Instant Talk podcast. That's where we take to the microphones as soon as the episode's done airing each Sunday night. And after Jim and I talk for 15, 20 minutes, whatever we have our say, uh, we actually turn the mics to the audience and allow people to participate through the YouTube chat feature on our live live video recordings. And again, the only way to get onto that as well as the live watch segment of the F- Super Serious Fan Fest is to be a club member. It's easy to join. Go to club.baldmove.com. You can preview many of the club features for free just by going to that site. And you can always try a 30-day trial free at club.baldmove.com. Game of Thrones at baldmove.com. Also, don't forget about our forums, forums at baldmove.com. The hosts a lot of freewheeling Game of Thrones types discussion. First up, Wayne from California. After, men- after hearing you mention Dire Wolves in your latest podcast, he's referring to the podcast that Anthony and I did, co-author oh. of Gods of Thrones Volume 1 and 2. You can Stealth get them now. This is not so stealthy. This is not a faceless <laughs> man type of ad. This is very much a, Seems premeditated. a, a, a mountain type of, type of ad. Uh, Godsofthrones.com is where you can get uh, all those books and merch related. Uh, I thought you'd, I'd give you my version of how they saved the day. It's a climactic battle of the series. The good guys and gals are losing. Suddenly, you hear a shrill cry of Winterfell, and then you hear an answering howl from over 10,000 throats. Or the hill comes the biggest little badass in Westeros, Arya, riding the back of Nymeria like the Duke in a John Ford Western or Gandalf at the Battle of Helm's Deep, followed by every fucking wolf in the continent. The day is saved, <laughs> hooray. Uh, there's not a zero wow. chance of this, something like this happening. Like, yeah. why else other than, I guess, it's a, it's a nice character moment. Do you, do you have Nymeria? Like, you know, the whole purpose of, of Arya meeting Nymeria is to demonstrate that Arya's changed... She's no longer the little girl that would, you know, play games in Winterfell, and neither is Nymeria. Mm-hmm. But, but since since you changed since since you bothered to model an adult Nymeria, it would be kind of fucking awesome to have her return from from River Run with her pack of she wolves and 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 whip some ass. Well, I don't deny that it would be awesome. I also don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Percentage chance of of, <laughs> of of a Voltron wolf pack. What if they One. what if they assembled into a massive wolf king uh-huh. arrangement uh, where they? What just... if Bran is actually controlling Nymeria as Arya rides him in? Holy shit! To battle. All right. I don't. Th- I now I rides think... her in to battle. Rather, I don't. I, th- I, don't, I don't know what to call it at that point if I, Bran's controlling it. I don't think I can be it's Branception. I don't think I can be satisfied by this series of Game of Thrones now because it's not going to be this awesome. There's not going to be Voltron wolves with with, with you, Bran forming the head. That's not going to happen. You can go to uh, to gymofthrones dot com and you can get my fanfic book that I, I wrote. Buy that. <laughs> Put that up for put <laughs> Bran has Nymeria being written by Arya. Put some not for not safe for work stuff in there. Put it up for two 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 ninety nine. I'll buy it. I will buy it. Um, it's it's four pages long. <laughs> it is just it's just literally the transcript of the last two minutes of the podcast. Yep. All right. Uh, Daniel T, are we, as we're preparing for the final season of Game of Thrones, I began thinking about who Arya might impersonate as a tactic to battle or for the purpose of an assassination. I realize that the only faces we've seen Arya use are those of the girl she gives the gift of death to at the House of Black and White, which she uses to kill Maren Trant and Walder Frey's. 
In both instances, she was directly responsible for the deaths of the people whose faces she later used. The only other face she uses is that of the serving girl at the Lannister Frey gathering to trick Walder Frey, but it's not a stretch to think that she directly killed this girl in order to take her face. My question to you is, do you think that Arya can only use the face of someone she kills directly, and if so, how might that assumption play out in the final season? Parenthetical Littlefinger, maybe? Question mark, parentheses. Also, can the faces be used more than once? All good questions. None of which I think we have solid answers to. No. But let me throw this monkey in the wrench. Okay. It's not the term. Uh, There are a lot of faces in the House of Black and White. Yes. A fuckload of them. And I want to say that Jack and Hagar could probably use any of them. Okay. Uh, Therefore, meaning... uh, Certainly he hasn't killed all of these people personally, right? Okay. So, but, but I might be wrong about that. A man is no one. Might be one. prolific. Uh, it, yeah, I I don't know that she necessarily has to kill the person personally if she can kind of. Because didn't she have a bunch of faces in the bag when Sansa found them? Wasn't she like, "Where'd you get all these faces? What are these?" Did you? Because I because uh, I, I know watched, she like, pulled the last out Frey. two episodes of the. Okay, okay. I, I know for sure that they showed Frey. Uh, yeah, because because that's my thing. Is like I don't think she brought any faces with her, but I think she could lay hands on about any face. She, like if she kills someone or like I don't know whether like if she comes across a dead person, she can use that face. But like if she worships the god of death, like that's all his property, right? So why if like as long as it's not as long as it's not unusable, and she finds like a freshly killed corpse on the field of battle, why wouldn't she be able to peel off that face? I don't know. I mean, t- the fact that there are so many faces in the House of Black and White suggests to me that they can use any face they want, whether they've killed that person personally or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, again, this is just me inferring that it, this isn't just decoration, yeah, just to make it look creepy and cool. Uh, uh, so I don't I, know. And I do have some ideas of what face to use. Unfortunately, some of the stuff is like it's hard to believe that there's still some spoiler type of material. But well, I mean, like, you said I'm Jamie, extra. Yes, this is the spoiler. <laughs> keep talking about jamie's a good possibility i think potentially even like the hound because we know that the hound was at some point on her list i don't i think he's earned his way off of it at this I, point it seemed like another one would be kyburn like can't you see her peeling him off oh, in, the, yeah. in his laboratory and he gets uh, real close to cersei you know he she pretends to be one of his children and he kills her and then he waltzes in and and uh you know i have something yeah. important to tell you my lady stab 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 so sure um and then I don't know what happens to the mountain. I guess that's where Sandor has to hopefully. Maybe he's already taken care of him. Yeah. We've already had the the bowl. Uh, okay, moving on to Justin I. My question is regarding Melisandre. Back in the beginning of season six, we saw that when she took off her necklace, she became an old crone. Will we ever revisit that season, or is there just too little time to dwindle on details like that? Was curious to see whether y'all thought she might have been an old witch that could have been around during older events that predated the start of the series or not. She the witch that told there's, there's, Sir, the Mag is she Maggie the Frog? Ooh, that would be a fucking reveal. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a lot. There's evidence. I don't in, know. There's evidence in the books that she is a lot older than she appears to be. There's evidence on screen, and I think that this the I don't know that that's any more than just a nod, like a nod in the wink to book fans that like because ah. some of this stuff you don't have to pay off. It just is like this is a mysterious character. Yeah, who can know her mind? Yeah, um, because like. I don't know. Like the other thing is, like if she dies, I think another way to pay off is she reverts to her old form, and that would have been like a non sequitur if we'd never seen it before. I don't. Probably not. Like I think people would understand if like her fucking gym she wears around her shatters and she turns an old woman. But like I, I, that's one way to pay it off because she is going to die. 
I we both have her 100, percent so that's 400 uh-huh. percent chance of her and Varys dying. I think if you multiply that them together, out. eight 800 percent chance if you throw Varys into the mix. So root of Varys squared, but but Varys but has, has no root. root. It's yeah. zero. We just go shit. We just ended the universe. Okay, um, yeah. That's that's I, I don't I don't know. It'll pay off more than that. I mean, she obviously has magic yeah. powers. Like she is like if you, you. I mean, I don't know if she calls herself a witch, but like she's been called a witch on the show, and she's got magic powers. That's a witch. So, like, I, I think all your math checks out there, Justin. Uh, uh, just don't divide by Varys's root. Fern from NYC. Which character from Game of Thrones that hasn't appeared in a long time or was mentioned on the show but never appeared would you be, uh, like or be surprised to make an appearance in the final season? No one. For they, me, they always do this. Wait a second. You got to let Fern start his stuff. For me, it would be Quaith. To me, she's like Darth Maul of Game of Thrones. Right. She looks cool, has mysterious dropping knowledge on Jorah, and that's that. Never see her again. I wish I was going to be a big character in those two minutes we saw her, but I've never uh, read the books either. Okay, that's fair. That's a character I haven't thought about in six seasons. So, But I, I don't... I mean, to your point, Fern, I don't think that's going to happen. If I had like my choice for someone to pop up in the end, I'd like to see Salador San... Like, I think that would be super fucking cool if, the like, yeah. yeah, like, like, Euron's doing some last ditch to maybe escape and, and uh, Davos is called in a favor and you see Salador yeah. with his pirate flag, like, not today, ha, 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 as he's, like, eating a turkey leg and he's probably got a, a winch on his, his, his hip and a flagon of wine and his third arm that he doesn't have. Um, I, I, I think I was a cool character that I wish I saw more of. Yeah, that's fair. He's fun. But Quaith is pretty solid, too. Mm-hmm. Quaith is clearly a, a case of the double Ds getting a bunch of bullet points and having no fucking clue how they actually connect and and, and, and punting. Yeah. Uh, Amber from Florida. Why the lack of Tyrion in the trailer? Perhaps a larger question. What role does Tyrion have now that Jon appears to be Danny's trusted advisor? Well, I don't know if he's a trusted advisor. Uh, that's part of why I think Tyrion is nervous about the, the, the boat yeah. sex. No, I think this is like a central question to their relationship going into season uh, eight here. And I don't know. I think I honestly I think he's going to be the central like you're going to understand that he's going to be the central figure moving forward. Um, like he's going to be uh, some sort of prime minister, uh, presidential type of like executive or or, or way way up there. I, I think that's that's what his arc is going to be. No, he's my favorite character, so he definitely can't die. But he's come a long way he's since, something to do. since managing the drainage cisterns of the Casterly Rock. Um, Josh from Maine, who mentioned casually that he's been listening to us since 2011. Jesus, have we been doing this for this long? Uh, no, he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Barely. Uh, so we don't see the Night King in a trailer, right? Uh, we no, see, we uh, see his horse's foot. We see his horse's foot. <laughs> we see the horse. We didn't see him, but the horse he rode in on. Mm-hmm. Uh, would the Battle of Winterfell be the best place for this new dragon? If he has a connection with Bran that he knows they're armed with dragon glass as well as two dragons, why not take his dragon straight to King's Landing? Who's going to stop an undread de- dragon there? They don't have any dragon glass, and the scorpion isn't going to work. I think Bran realizes that that's what the Night King is doing, and Johnny and Dan fly to King's Landing to meet him. Johnny and Dan. <laughs> that that would that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's nice actually how it was written. I thought, I thought I fucked it up again, but no, he actually wrote it that way. No, that's good. Uh, that would leave the Battle of Winterfell completely dragonless, or even better idea if your Danny would be to take your dragons to King's Landing, sack it, and take the Gold Company for yourself. But that, so I think. 
I don't know that the Night King has perfect knowledge of everything that the heroes are doing, although you can make a good argument based on him chilling at the one location he needed to be to get the one thing he needed to get across the impassable barrier, that he's got more, he, he knows more than your average Night King about what's going on. But holy shit, if he knows everything about everything. Yeah, no, that's a, that, that's a scary prospect. I, I don't. I also don't know exactly what his thought process is either. We haven't been privy to a lot of that. So, like, is his only real goal or or the first milestone as he sees it to destroy Bran, to destroy the Three-Eyed Raven? Because yeah. if that's the case, he can go nowhere else but wherever Bran is, which now is Winterfell. Right. Uh, so there's a reason he'd be drawn there. Yeah, so maybe maybe it's a possibility that he can't, you know, accomplish the, the larger, grander goal without taking out Bran. So that's kind of the the assumption I'm operating under is mm-hmm. that Bran is the major draw here because he has been chasing Bran for a while now, uh, and he just needed a dragon to get to where Bran is now. Right. So he took a dragon and he's doing the thing. Uh, so I, I don't know that he's actually that concerned about the forces of men. Period. Yeah, he's more concerned about the magical forces that might hold him at bay, which is Bran. I also think that I, I actually that's that's my thought as well. But another one that I can think of is that and I think I, I talked about this in one of the preview podcasts. I wasn't sure if it was with you or like Anthony, but uh, the fact that there's this mass of humanity drawn at Winterfell like that doesn't exist yet at, at King's Landing. Like, you know, the Night King looks at this as every person he kills is another person for his army. It's a buffet. So why wouldn't you go and amass your strength and then go proceed, you know, after you've dealt with all? And why would the Night King be afraid of dragons? Like, you know, that it's actually a weird spot to be in if you're Danny because you got two dragons and you got to use them or else what the fuck is the point? But like one more ice spear away and then the balance of power yeah. is against you. Yeah. So and I'm, I'm really looking for, we didn't do this death on the watch, but um, uh, the two remaining dragons, uh, what, what do you th- feel like? Are they both going to die? Like I, I, I kind of pro offered that. I think they're both going to die because that simplifies the end game. But, I, I, there's some weird symmetry too between Cersei and Danny. If she loses all three of her children, yeah. the dragons, I that's, th- that's dark. That, that's bittersweet for but, you. But Martin <laughs> loves that rhyming kind of narrative shit. Yeah. So yeah. maybe I, I'm kind of with you though. It does throw off. It does throw a weird wrench in the balance of power. If you like have dragons after this is all over, who's ever going to challenge the throne? Also, do you think that... But I don't know that it needs to be challenged. It's weird. If, if, if Danny has even one dragon, is King's Landing a battle? Like, we've seen how dragons... Uh, it depends on how many of those siege. ballistas they have, yeah. I'm, Did they just invent ballistas in the last 200 years or 300 years in this fucking... I think Kyburn actually, actually invented them in last season, yeah. I think his best uh, <sighs> weaponsmiths have been working on no the problem. No one thought of a super crossbow. Back in the Targaryen age, nobody thought about this? I know. When the Targaryens had fucking dragons everywhere? Right, right. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the Seven Kings were asking to be taken over, if we're being honest. Apparently. They're not even, not even, not even going to invent a super crossbow? Come on. Y- you know what? Uh, you could probably kill a lizard with a bow and arrow, right? Yeah. What do you think would kill like a really big lizard? Oh, are you suggesting a really big bow and arrow? <laughs> you damn right. I don't <laughs> think that our medieval science can harness the, <laughs> the the powers of a large bow and arrow. Their material sciences were not that good. I will no, say that. No, like you know, you trebuchet, carbon, trebuchet carbon catapults, which we know they tubes. absolutely have, and is essentially the same technology you'd use to right. build one of these. No, 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 no. Failure of imagination. <laughs> no super crossbows. It's, it's forbidden. 
This is this is the going to hyperspace of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Maybe it's like some kind of Warhammer shit where like uh, ancient war like was won by sentient super crossbows and they're forbidden to be constructed. You just can't do it. You can't do it. It's why there's no computers in Dune. It's why there's no robots in Warhammer. You just uh, they had a bad experience with them. Yeah, those fucking crossbows had a mind of their own, and we just burnt them all and and burnt all the blueprints. Uh, and here's Kyburn fucking around with forces he does not understand <laughs> again. Who sits the Iron Throne? A super crossbow. <laughs> uh, Eric from Hoboken. Is that pronounced Hoboken? Uh-huh. Okay. I feel like someone corrected me on that once. And I like I look at that word and I know the English language and it could be anything. Hmm. It could be hot, hot, hot. It does sound like a, Lord of, like a Lord of the Rings word. Yeah. It sounds like a race in Lord of the Rings. Eric from Hobby K, New Jersey, says the context. You've spoken about the fact that we vote, vote. We know virtually nothing about the White Walkers beyond the Night King's vague origins as a weapon against the First Men. We don't know anything about their motivations, intelligence, culture, military strategy, or lack thereof. Uh, although we make some smart inferences, only what we can deduce. Right. Yeah. Uh, and of course you also spoken about your concerns that Gurm might have about the demand for the last two books. Once the show is complete, uh, will anyone care? will be disappointed or a chore to read once people know the ending of the saga, taking these things into consideration. My question is whether you think it's possible. There's a contract or at least some understanding between Gurm and the double D's and HBO that details of the white walkers are intentionally left out of the show so that Gurm can include them as a book only exclusive. Mm. If I were Gurm's publishers, that's exactly what I'd push for. Uh, should we use Jim as a litmus test? What say you, Jim, would you read a game of Thrones book? If it was the only way you could learn more about the white walkers? No. Zero percent chance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Um, That's not going to happen. Like, I'm not reading, uh, what is it, Fire and Blood about Targaryens or or uh something. Like, I'm not reading the lore around the show. I'm Mm -hmm. just concerned with what's in the show. So, no. I just don't think, like... There's no way Game of the, the George Martin would have thought to do this before the Game of Thrones started, and why the fuck would the Double Ds and HBO go back and be like, okay, we will? I mean, I guess to be nice, but it doesn't seem like it seems like they're much more business like usual uh, than than they're uh, just strictly business of late. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't see any of that having happened. All right, uh, Paul. As a Welshman, I love to hear the new to me story of Brand the Blessed that you discussed in last week's podcast, and couldn't believe the coincidence when the BBC aired a dramatization of the very same story just a day later, hmm. with the extra mention of the benefit of the resurrection cauldron during the battle. So this is something that's, that features in our book, Gods of Thrones, and we talked about it last week as one of our kind of a. Uh, set piece discussions and unbeknownst to us, the BBC thought it'd be a great idea to drop a dramatization of it. Um, he uh, said it's a nice change of pace to be sending audio your way. And he sent us a link to the program on the BBC. I'm actually going to include that link. If you were uh, want to know more about brand, the blessed that we talked about last week and how he might connect to uh, the real life brand because brand, the blessed uh, just to, to, sh- to make a very long story short, um, is a mythical figure that ends up um, getting his head cut off and being buried underneath the Tower of London, facing France eternally vigilant against the uh, return of England's enemies. Hmm. And, I, and, and you know, so we, Anthony and I were speculating how that could be a tie-in to, like, Bran's ultimate fate, which seems like you subscribe to without knowing the the potential connection to Bran, Bran the Blessed. Yeah. 
Also, there's a lot of connections to crows in that myth. There's a lot of that's the kind of stuff you can get. It's because it's good storytelling. Stealth ad number seven, uh, GodsOfThrones.com. If you want to know more about that, and I will link this uh, this note. I haven't got to hear it because I just saw this before we started the show, but I'm going to listen to it on the way home. I'm excited. Uh, so thank you for that, Paul. Also, nice try to get me to pronounce Welsh words. Uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. I I I I learned my lesson with Hoboken. I'm not. I'm not. And that's my own language. I'm not going anywhere near that stuff. Uh, Anna M, can you guys talk about the scene where Jamie says to Braun in season five, episode four, I want to die in the arms of the woman I love. Whose arms will he die in season eight, Brienne's or Cersei's? Definitely Boy. not Cersei's anymore. Boy. I think could... he's seen her true colors. But he's loved, I mean, like, so he's loved her since he was born, essentially, if you believe their mythology. I don't think, like, even though that he's walking away from her, I don't think he stopped loving her. I mean, not to get a little too uh, George Jones, but I think that he'll stop loving her the day he dies, maybe truly, fully. Um, hmm. But no, because the thing is, is like the only way I see that happening is like if it's like like a murder suicide or like Jamie dies in the attempt to kill Cersei and they kind of collapse in each other's arms because like. Man, I want to see Cersei surviving an assassination attempt by Jamie and then cradling him and crying or whatever. I don't even think she'd cry. She'd be cackling with glee, insane glee. Yeah. Um. So, since I do think it's a 100% chance Jamie dies, I think it would be bittersweet as fuck for him to do that in Brienne's arms on a battlefield. Sure. With a lot of, lot of watery eyes and talking about loath, uh, loyalty and oaths, and you really know the subtext is they're talking about fucking... Uh-huh. That's, that's how I'm going to see it through the lens of shipping. A lot of um, sword metaphors. Sheets. A lot of swords, yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Just one last time, put my sword in its... No, okay. Talking about uh, quenching the sword and all, all sorts of things. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about... It gets loot on the battlefield. The legend of Nisa Nisa this week on this... Uh, next week <laughs> on a spoiler cast. Uh, okay, that is the podcast. We made it through. We still have a couple emails. I'm saving for a spoiler edition of next week. Uh, thanks for everybody sending in. It's, it's already getting hard picking out the emails. Thanks for everybody that sent stuff in. Um, we will be back. Boy, it's just going to be crazy uh, from here on out. Sunday night. Yeah. We're going to come back at the end of this. So like probably around 10 p.m. or a little bit after that Eastern time, we'll be taken to the, the Internet at baldmove.com doing the instant take. Uh, that will be available for the uh, club members to watch live as well as the instant talk where we actually invite you to come on the YouTube's chat and sit, submit us questions and we'll answer as many as we can on uh, on air. Uh, of course, Tuesday we'll have the full edition of our podcast that comes out and then uh, Friday we'll have the spoiler edition uh, and that's going to be happening all all throughout the run of, of Game of Thrones. Don't also forget that we're doing our super serious fan fest the film fest uh, fantasy edition where Jim and I are talking about all the various uh, cheesy eighties, uh, nineties and early two thousands fantasy films that we've seen and loved over the years. Uh, do you know which one the first one's going to be? Uh, Conan the barbarian. We're starting with Conan the barbarian uh, and we've got a live watch for the club members. We got a, a podcast for everyone that just wants to talk about Conan and swords and sandals and, and uh, there's kind of a dragon in that, I guess, a, a legless, uh, a, a great worm, I guess yeah. you would call it. It's not exactly a dragon. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, we're, we're going to kick things off the Super Serious Film Fest with Conan. We're excited for you guys to hear that. We're just going to be having a Game of Thrones long celebration of all things fantasy here at BaldMove.com. Uh, we will see you Sunday night for the fin- for the pr- pr- premiere of the finale 
of the final season of Game of Thrones. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.